Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse, Go, Nick Adams fills in for Jordan, and we're joined by Mike Schmidt. We talk about produce and other important matters. Let's go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Sitting in today, Nick Repeat Adams. Nick, what kind of, uh, what kind of refreshment have you purchased down uh, at the Superior? Thanks to my good friends down at Superior, I am enjoying a Pacifico. And ah. it is a balmy Southern California day, perfect day for a Pacifico, <laughs> courtesy of Superior. <laughs> I feel I figure if I just do the segment, then they'll give me the sponsor the deal after. So I just went ahead right. and did like a Superior ad. I like, would like I'm sure the phone will be ringing. You know, there's there's been a lot of talk about how difficult it is to sell big national brands on podcast sponsorships. I mean, there's a lot of Can't reasons. Can't do it. Hasn't been done before. Comedy podcast hosts are loose cannons. You never know what they're going to say about your brand. You mm-hmm. know, they might tarnish your brand's image. Uh, it's difficult to track the cause and effect of uh, mustachioed hipster dads notoriously mercurial. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a difficult situation. That's why right now what we're focusing on is, you know, local, non-union, ethnic grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. Untapped market. El Superior. Mm -hmm. If you're listening out there, we will talk up the fact that you have a tortilleria in store. Mm -hmm. You make tortillas right there in the store. Maybe you've been thinking about going out and killing and butchering a whole pig. No, no. They have all the parts at Superior. You don't need to go kill an entire pig. They have every piece of the pig available for purchase. is available at the Superior. And hey, guess what? Everyone who listens to this program knows how I feel about the Satsuma, the delicious citrus fruit uh, that is perhaps my most beloved food. Have you had a sumo... (laughs) Mandarin recently? Oh, we've talked about sumo mandarins okay, on the program. They were, they were a big hit at work, and people were talking, and I just hey, wanted to let you know. Nick, I don't want you to think that I have not talked on this program about sumo mandarins, right, because right. we dedicated a solid five to ten minutes about, to sumos mm-hmm. bigger, on the show. Bigger, like a bigger, I know. more bang for your buck. I know. It's, a, it's a, like a giant satsuma. I think it's an amazing, amazing food it's product. pretty great. But, but you can't get it around the country. It's very difficult to get if you're outside of California. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to rub salt in people's wounds. Who live in the Wisconsins, the right. Minnesotas. Sorry, Vermont. Yeah. Enjoy so, your pancakes. Yeah, your Ben and Jerry's. You got your, uh, your what's that called when you tap the maple tree? Maple syrup. Syrup, syrup. I could, I could remember that you tap a maple tree, but I couldn't remember The, the one thing that you need out. to know about maple trees, <laughs> you can remember. Can I tell you what? I may have mentioned this once on Jordan Jesse Go, but not the funniest thing I ever thought of, but probably my favorite thing that I Uh-oh. ever thought of. Was there if there was ever a rapper from Vermont, uh, which is great, just yeah, already his his album would be a Pen and Pixel. Do you remember Pen and Pixel? They did all the covers for uh, Cash Money and No Limit oh, yeah, in the yeah, early yeah. days. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. the kind of uh, fo- easy like the Photoshop with like piles of money. And, I didn't even know there was a name for it. I just thought it was a dude yeah. in Atlanta with like a PO box. <laughs> it basically was a dude in Atlanta with a PO box. Oh, man. Um, but that classic sort of mid to late nineties uh, hip hop cover aesthetic: stacks mm-hmm. of money, strippers in the background, random guns. Yeah. 
this this would be you know maple trees, <laughs> maple syrup in the background, mm-hmm. different Vermont stuff, maybe some Ben and Jerry's, and the yeah, album would just be bottles and bottles of maple syrup, like to show you how much of a baller he is. The, bottles. The album would be called Tapping Mapes and Stacking Papes. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> Thank you. It's pretty great. Um, should we introduce our guest on the show? We should. Um, you know him, of course, as the host of the Forty Year Old Boy podcast. Uh, you know him as a legend in the world of. Uh, you know, being able to talk for an astonishing... <laughs> you, you couldn't even finish that sentence. Okay, baseball. Let's uh-huh. just say a legend in the world of I'll Philadelphia Phillies baseball, <laughs> um, Michael Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, how you doing, Hey, pal? man, I'm good, thanks. I enjoy you pointing out the fact that Satsuma, Satsuma mm-hmm. is your favorite food product. I, yeah. I, I venture to say it's your favorite thing in the world. I do love Satsuma. Better than your child. I mean, seriously, I, I, I picture you with like a cock ring made of Satsuma skin. <laughs> I mean, dude. Well, it's so easy to peel. You can peel right around right. the Satsuma and then stick it right onto your salon. Bang, sure. I, I, I would not surprise me at all. I'm sure there's a, this is your new home. I haven't yeah. been here. Thank you. I, there's got to be a Satsuma room, right? <laughs> he said as though he had complimented <laughs> the home. <laughs> I wasn't, I was going to let it slide. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the, but it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. All right, uh, I need more stairs. But other than that, it's fine. Uh, but <laughs> there I, are a lot of stairs. Holy in my God! Home. And you got to come get me. That's the weirdest yeah, thing. Yeah, there's no buzzer for the gate. No, no. You ring the bell, and he's got to walk down the, this fucking Norma Desmond staircase and go grab you. It's <laughs> also bizarre. if there's a fire, we're all gonna die. Oh, sure we are. We're locked in. <laughs> all right, good. Uh, but yeah, there's got to be a Satsuma room in here somewhere, right? Just like yeah, no, there's a Satsumery. It's what it's called. <laughs> Okay. It's for dry storage. You actually have real ones and then stuffed ones yeah. and you put faces on them. <laughs> Gorgeous. Thorny, where does the Satsuma grow? What region of, of uh it's grown in uh California and Louisiana. Now, on these fine grounds, surely there is room for a, a fabulous Satsuma tree. I'm with Nick. That's the kind of improvement that local I'm not go to the entirely source. Entirely certain. <laughs> Come on, man. That's the kind of improvement I'm not certain I should be making on rental property. Maybe planting a tree. That's the kind of thing where I I feel like I am I'm putting a little bit too much effort into something that I don't own. You to dig the point, a hole, you throw a tree in there, and then Mother Nature takes over. It's California. I got a lot of grapefruits. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> this, More. This, I just want town is lousy with grapefruits. I want to establish a some sort. Of a trading route, you know, like a spices for grapefruits for Satsumas oh, thing. Nice. Here's the moment I knew that I, I think it crystallized why people stay in Southern California. Jesse and I were talking about this. Like, I have this the theory is that people don't necessarily stay here and decide to stay here. They just don't leave. For me, I think people just stick around and stick around. And the next thing you know, you're a, an LA person. I can see that. I'm walking down the street one day and I'm realizing there is a rotten grapefruit. Sit split on the sidewalk that has fallen off a tree from an apartment building. Like, the streets are literally rotting with citrus. Yes. <laughs> Anywhere else you go in the world, is this, a, is this a freaking grapefruit just on the ground? Pick it up. Take it home. We yes. won. We got a freaking prize. Cover it in salt and bury it. We can C- eat it in six months. Citrus <laughs> is just falling out of the sky in Southern California. There are places, I mean, there are places where you still just get a grapefruit for Christmas, and that's all you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go to Hawaii, they just, they're trying to get rid of pineapple. It's just like, yeah. you want some pineapple? When you check in a hotel, they just give you a pineapple. Take it, please. Because they just have a ton of it. I say you plant a Satsuma tree on, on here, yeah. and you keep half for yourself, and you get into a little contract with El Superior oh. to carry the Jesse oh. Thorne Satsuma. Branding. The Thorne branded yes. Branding. Satsuma. It's all about branding, guys. Hybrid, oh. make a hybrid of it, dude. Mm-hmm. I think you're in. And Superior, think... Superior's on board, of course. Yeah, what do they care? I'm an icon in the Mexican-American community. Of course Damn. you are. This is tremendous. Revenue streams, Jesse. It's all about revenue streams. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. You wrote the paper on it. You know. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, man. Do your Satsuma thing. 
Do you think I could become? Mm-hmm. Do you think I could become known as the as the king of the Mexican American Satsuma market, Jesse? Jesse, here's how I think. And like, say, let's say you follow. Just uh, like, pardon me. Just like Dora the Explorer is the queen of the Mexican American tiny backpack market. <laughs> I don't. I don't follow Russell Simmons on Twitter, but I imagine if you do, you get a lot of like observations like this. Don't just. <laughs> don't think you can be that. Just be that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. Just Thanks, become Russ. that guy. Why are you asking us? And now you don't have to follow Russell Simmons on Twitter. Just <laughs> that. That's what it is. I'm guessing. No, I love Russell Simmons. He's, he's awesome. Good thing you threw that in, just in case. <laughs> in case Russell Simmons sure decides in. to come after me. Yeah. Of course I love Russell Simmons. I'm, I'm 39 and black. I'm not an idiot. Sure. All of, all of black Hollywood was... All had four of one, them. Had one, had one eyebrow up. Is he about to... Speak ill they, of Uncle yeah. Simmons? And then they just allowed it to relax. Yeah. Somewhere right. in America, Hank Shockley woke up. Yeah. <laughs> what the? What? Huh? All right, all right. <laughs> Bomb squad jokes, folks. That's right. Take them. Run with them. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Nick Repeat Adams. I'm Mike Schmidt. Hi. Oh, it's great to have you on the show, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for pointing at me so I knew to talk. <laughs> uh, the audience didn't know about the point that comes at the end of I that. I reveal all. Uh, you, you already revealed my plans to become the king of the Mexican-Americans. <laughs> reveal? Bullshit. I gave you those plans. Okay. Don't even. Sorry. Are you going to cut me out? Literally, in like yeah. four minutes, I'm cut out of this. My, where's my segment? What, you want a piece of this? Um, I'll get a box of oranges, right? I mean, I, I'm sure I won't get any money, but if I get a box of satsumas... Because last time I was here, you gave... That's what you did. You forced them upon me. <laughs> it was like uh, Mr. Moose. They fell on me like ping pong balls. Well, when they're the in season... Well, when they're in season, they're so cheap at the Superior, too. <laughs> if you go to the Whole Foods... If you go to the Whole Foods, my wife went to the Whole Foods because she had to buy some kind of vitamins or something that she buys at the Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And she came back and she said... Oh, Satsumas were on sale at the Whole Foods, so I bought you some. And I was like, thanks, sweetie. And she said, uh, they were such and such amount of pound. How much do they cost at the Superior? And they cost half as much right. at the Superior. Standard price. Once again, another selling point for Superior. Mm-hmm. The, the synergy is just, it's already there, Jesse. Half all, price citrus, all the parts of a pig, Pacifico. Come on. Who's not there? What else do you need? What the butcher do need? doesn't even know what veal is Mm-mm. and <laughs> gets angry at you when you explain to him what it is. He thinks you're mispronouncing goat. <laughs> but that's not what you go, when you go to Superior, that's not where you're going there. You, like, you don't go to Whole Foods and ask them for chitlins. Like, you just don't do that. That's not the move because that's not where you go to Whole Foods. I don't know. In 2012, you might go to Whole Foods and ask them for chitlins. I guess. I don't know. Maybe you've been to Animal and you're like Jones and yep. try some sort of a, I don't know. You can get cop a few trotters or something. I don't even know what that is. A little crispy pig <laughs> some face. Little, some oh. little, yeah, some pig face. Animal's the best. Pig face? Is it a trotter? No, a trotter's no, a, a little trotter's hoof. A, little a hoof. Foot. Oh, okay. But at uh, Animal, you can get crispy pig face. That place is great. I've only been to that place once because literally it's like, hey, uh, I was thinking about uh, making reservations for like a couple weeks from now. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> it's like, well, what is Animal? Is this a Los Angeles restaurant of food? Yeah, it's it's. Oh know. yeah. And then these same guys opened up uh, Son of a Gun. Well, I just ate there last week, which is great. But it's, it's so like good. seafood. But they're just like super super. Animal is like about meat, meat, and... meat, meat, meat. Yeah, they yes, have a dude, they really have a, good. Yeah, they have a, a poutine with an oxtail gravy, oh, and then they wow. got barbecue pork belly sliders, dude. 
Dang. Uh, oh, yeah. I, they I, go for it. They go all out. So good. It's it's I, Animal and Son of a Gun, best restaurants in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. That's exciting to me. <laughs> Bacon chocolate bar. You guys want to take a quick break? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go eat trying to go. We're right celebrities, now. right? <laughs> oh, we could get short short notice reservations. You're like Abe Froman. You're like you. <laughs> you are Jesse Thorne, the king of Mexican citrus in the Southern yeah. California. <laughs> With the shorts. Just wear the shorts and we'll get in. Yeah. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just get them on the phone and say, uh, hi, this is Jesse Thorne. From IFC last year, oh, for nice. a while, for mm-hmm. a few months, for four or five months, I had a show on IFC from Bullseye. Yeah, from no, not no, it's not on the radio here in Los Angeles. No, <laughs> no, yeah, PRI. It's yeah, it's like NPR. No, it's not NPR. <laughs> it's a lot like NPR, though. Do you like NPR? Yeah. I've met Michael Sarah before. Oh, well, hold on, on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it was on the phone, but he was quite nice to me. <laughs> I've shook hands with Zach Galf and Akis. Can I please just eat the trotters? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You start out like mate. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm listening. Animal. They make all the they make all the parts of the animal, right? Right. True. You can get it from your locally sourced organic blah de blah, or or you can strike a deal. Superior. Mm-hmm. They supply you with all of your you know various. Things that of the pork that should be thrown away that you're going to make into food. My friend, it's, it's all there. It's all there. You just have to bring it together. My friend Benjamin Harrison, uh, who is the director of the season for- two of Put This On, yeah, not, former, not president the former president all Benjamin right. Harrison. Uh, my friend Ben Harrison, who is the uh, director of season two of Put This On, lives in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, um, and uh, he lives in a house that his apartment looks like it should be uh, in a sitcom about a group of people that live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right. You actually uh, work, you're a writer on the television program, The New Girl. I am. Uh, just, which is set in... Just New Girl. Uh, a New Girl, yeah, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, and that is set in a downtown Los Angeles loft, mm-hmm. uh, which looks like the set of a sitcom about a group of uh, young people that yeah. live in a downtown Los Angeles loft. Yeah, it's this show that you watch and you go, I just want to move into that place right now, like immediately. I don't want yeah. to... Yeah. And uh, th- he lives, my friend Ben lives in a, in a place like that in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. A little less palatial, but that kind of thing. And I'm jealous of that enough, as it is. Right. You know, I have a great house here in Los Angeles, but I'm jealous of his lifestyle. But the sure. thing that makes me most jealous of his lifestyle is, for a while, we were getting this grocery box. You guys know about oh, grocery yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. And w- to get this grocery box, our grocery box was like a public service grocery box. Hmm. We didn't have to quite have to line up at the church to get it. Like, it didn't quite have cup of noodles and, like, you know, protein pellets. I'm going to stop you. <laughs> what is a, I don't know what that is. Okay, so you know how you can it's get... It's actually something I've been curious about and, and thinking about doing for, like, years, but I never get around to doing it. Okay, you can get, you can get like, produce, de- uh, in some cases, delivered to your home, or you can order it f- directly from the farm. Oh, okay. Oh, I've seen those yeah. people like on, on websites and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. When you say you were getting it, I thought you meant it was like a neighborhood thing or, or literally so like a it, government program. So. Yeah, so the th- that's the thing. Like, there's different grades of this box thing. So there's, there's things called uh, CSAs, which is where you're basically buying a share of a farmer's output. Okay. Right, and that's like the Socialism. granola. I like yes, it. I version. like it. That's the one I like. I'm into that right there. I'm, I'm to- totally into that. The one that we the one that we had was the uh, was the one that's closest to a government program, which is to say, uh, it wasn't quite like I said, it wasn't quite lining up f- for the food bank, 
but it was designed to like the price we paid full price but there was a subsidized version and it was for neighborhoods that don't have access to gross to to produce oh so you're basically getting street grapefruit yeah exactly um and we had to go pick it up at the uh we had to go pick it up at the elementary school okay right and they have it at the elementary school because there's like it's hard to get to the grocery store or whatever and there are some grocery stores around here but that's why they have it there it's like you can't get organic produce in my neighborhood or whatever. I see. So this is, was a nice service. The price was very reasonable because it was targeted at poor people. Um, and uh, it would have pretty good stuff in it. A lot of greens, though. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah. So many greens. And I actually kind of like greens. I like a lot of greens, too. But my wife hates greens. Really? Wow. She will not eat greens. She does not fuck with collard greens, does not fuck... None of these things. What is what does Teresa eat? She's a, a, a wispy wife of a woman. She's like, you not... You would think that would be right up her alley, right? Cheese. That's her only interest, really, is cheese. Cheese. Yeah, cheese? T- cheese and... Cheese is pretty great. Crackers. Cheese and crackers is all she really eats. She's not. She does not really like vegetables. Does not especially. I mean, she'll eat meat. I hate cheese. She. You hate cheese. You drop that bomb on you right now. I'm not wow. A cheese guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wow. Not a, like, not a fan. We like, sh- and we should let our audience know that you're a husky lad. I'm a fat dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, but not a fan of cheese. I so so if you wild. order a burger somewhere, you have no interest in the cheese. It's like whatever they put on there is fine. That's but different. I'm not going to think about it. Cheeseburger is different because it becomes part of the meat. Right. But a, a standalone cheese. It not juices a, not up a the fan. meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't want a. Uh, I don't but want when a you... liquid cheese. I, oh, that's disgusting. Horrible. Well, I don't want nasty. a liquid cheese. That's not a real thing. Uh, well, no. Like that's a, just a, a nightmare you had. Yeah. Yeah. Soft cheese. Like soft cheese. Runny, nasty. Fuck that. Food argument. Yeah. No, but so if you so if you order a cheeseburger, you'd prefer it not to have the cheese on there, or you're fine with it if it's on the burger. No, it's on the burger, so it becomes it becomes part so of the burger. So you're fine with that, yeah. But my next question is, if you go someplace and they say we do a blue cheese or we do like a uh, like a cheddar jack, like that I'll, doesn't interest you, or you no, like I sir. don't want that, or no, thank you, just American and you're yeah. fine. Oh, no, no, I love a cheddar. I mean, I, I mean that's what I'm saying. If you put it on and, a burger, I, I can live. But, but anything exotic, you're like you. Just not for me. Yeah. And, let's be, and let's be clear. Yes. Mike Schmidt. Is that a Chinese name? <laughs> it's very German. You're not East Asian no, at sir, all. No, sir. German-Irish. That's You're me. You're not from a culture that doesn't have cheese. No, sir. I don't need a cheese stick, like a mozzarella cheese stick. <sighs> oh, I don't man. need a, a blue cheese. Uh, a standalone cheese does not do it for me. I'm okay. sorry. If so, it's, wow. Here's the situation. These boxes... Uh, <laughs> back to vegetables. Enough. These boxes had, had too much, too many greens in them. They were, we were really running at 40% greens so in what these So when you say greens, you're talking about what? Like just running I'm down. talking about kale. Kale. I'm talking about collard greens. The stuff I'm talking about good. substantial, hardcore greens. Now, let me ask you, Nick. Are you greens a greens person? Greens that require boiling. I do like greens. Now, I Nick, like, we should I like explain kale. I like that you are a black. I am a Negro. I <laughs> yeah. am a colored person, so of course I like the colored greens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like collard greens. Kale in specific amounts done a certain way, I can eat. I like kale. It's, it's fine. Um, but 40% is a lot. There it was a really a lot of greens. But here's the thing. Like, honestly... I could eat greens a couple times a week and be very happy mm. to eat them. Like, I could cook a buttload of greens and just reheat them a couple times a right, week right. and have that as my vegetable with my dinner and be happy. I mean, I would want to put some... Let's be clear. I would want to put some bacon in there. Well, oh, sure. Also, I, I'm, in addition to, make to being it a not black, taste bad. I'm also a North Carolinian. I'm a Southerner. I don't right. think of myself as a Southerner, but I definitely am. And I never had... 
a green that didn't have pork yeah, That was my next question. Was <laughs> has is pork Teresa, accompaniment. Has Teresa not had them prepared the way they're supposed to be prepared? No, I mean, I would be, I prepare And when you these... say supposed to be, you mean for taste, not for health Hell yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah. I was just in Atlanta uh, uh, the past three days, and I had greens in three, four different places. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that, I, I think that if I took her, if, if I took her to Atlanta and we ate them there, she'd be fine with them. Mm-hmm. She'd be okay with them. Yeah. I can cook them and, you know, I can be cooking them in chicken broth instead of water and yeah. I can be cooking them with bacon and or uh, some other, you know, ham hocks or whatever kind of pork, whatever. Yeah. And I can get to something that I'm happy with, even if it's not transcendent. And that is sort of gross to her still. Wow. I went to a restaurant. Uh, I was just in Atlanta. Like I said, I ate at Mary Max. Everybody told me I had to go to Mary Max. It's a, it's a tea room and you, you, you know, you write down your food and it's all scratch cooking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, they say, is this your first time? I say, yeah. They go, okay, we're going to bring you something called pot liquor. And mm-hmm. it's a free sample of their pot liquor. And all it is is it's the, the, the liquid they cook the greens in mm-hmm. with a cornbread side and a pork crackling. Mm-hmm. And that's just your like a moose bouche for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, dude, if I could have climbed in it and lived in it, dude, I would. Dude, your, yeah. your bouche was crazy. Oh, moose. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Did I they would have, fill a hot tub with it. Did they have fat back there? Uh, th- not that I saw. I went shrimp and grits. I went straight, you know, and, uh, and then they got Hop and John. I yeah, had all yeah. that nonsense. But I, I did not see fat back. Yeah. Fat back is they the might have. level of goodness. I, yeah. I, um, I wanted, so we had to stop. And going to pick up this thing in this three-hour window that you had to pick up this box. This once a week? At the elementary school, once a week, was getting to be a problem because uh, I was working during that time, and Teresa got this tiny baby she was taking care yeah, of, yeah. and it got a little intense. But we still, we shop at the Trader Joe's for most of our groceries, and their produce sucks, and so that left us sort of wanting produce. And so I started talking with Ben Harrison about what he gets. Not only does he get this box of stuff delivered to his door mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, not only does he get to go on the internet and tell them what stuff he has too much of already and get to pick and choose the different shit, his comes with fucking meat in it. They just bring meat to him from the animal, direct from the animal on you the You gotta farm. be able to get that here. I gotta get it! it I want to, it so bad! That has to exist. That has to exist. I want it so fucking bad! Bring me a piece of a pig and a goat! That would be perfect. Whatever animal. That's great. But you would sign up for that, and they would bring it, and they would see 87 stairs and turn around and fucking leave. You wouldn't wouldn't have the strength to get down there and pick it up because you've had no protein. And they would just turn on a heel and get the fuck out of here. Jesus, dude. That has to exist. I want that, too. Nick, there, there, you know how many restaurants delivered to my house? Zero. Nobody? There There is a, like, pizza hut. That is three quarters of a mile from my house that won't deliver from my house to my house. Just because, I mean, why? Yeah, tell me. It's not it, far. it is a combination of the fact that I am not close to any, that it's Los Angeles is dispersed, and that there are some shady neighborhoods in the vicinity. Right. My neighborhood's not especially shady. No, but no, this is a lovely. Yeah, this is a nice neighborhood. Yours is shady in the literal term. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's plenty but, of trees. There. Yeah, it's actually shady. It is. But mine is, mine is you know, hood proximate. Mm-hmm. And, hood adjacent. And, yeah, exactly. And also, there are just no delivery restaurants. They, but, not even the company. You know, there's like a company, and this is something that we learned when the baby was four days old, because we had sort of we had sort of tried a little bit when we first moved here, we were like, well, we should see what what kind of delivery food we can get here. Mm-hmm. We're like, huh, seems like it's kind of hard to get delivery. And we sort of tabled it, you know, because 
we go. We don't need delivery yeah. food. It's not a huge part of our lifestyle. Yeah. No, you got a fridge full of greens. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but then we had a baby, and when the baby's little, you like, stop the cooking. You're just <laughs> you stop <laughs> really? the cooking. You just can't do anything. You immediately cease cooking food for yourself. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think there there are people. There, there are people who are like, uh, say, uh, you know, we brought our baby home and we put her in the crib and she went to sleep on her own first night. Like, she just does that. Those people are like women that say they can eat whatever they want and they don't gain a pound. <laughs> You're like, fuck. Like, everyone hates you. you. Don't even say it out loud. <laughs> But for the most part, it's like you're so focused on is the baby sleeping, putting the baby to sleep, what time when you start the routine, like cooking dinner just goes out the door, really? man, like really quickly. Yeah. yeah. I have no children. I don't know. I have no touchstone with what you're saying. So there you go. I'm, I'm, now I have information. And we, we were at a place when we got pregnant that, you know, my wife was cooking every night. If she wasn't cooking, we had a grill and I would, you know, and then we moved and we lost the grill. But, you know, like I was still cooked. And then I started working this job and the hours are pretty long and... The baby was there, and it was just like, no, that is, oh, we're just now starting to get back to a place where, and having fresh produce and meat delivered to your door would help a lot with that. That's all I want in the world. Like, what I have, my lifestyle has become, what can I get sent to my house? Yes. Amazon (laughs) Prime. Amazon Amazon Prime. (laughs) I signed up for that shit. Amazon Prime. In the past, I was like, what kind of fucking asshole (laughs) would pay $80 (laughs) just to get to mail order groceries? Amazon Prime. What kind of fucking me? That's who. I signed up for Amazon. (laughs) I paid $80 because I was like, you know what? I want to eat grape nuts for breakfast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't carry grape nuts at the grocery store that mm-hmm. I go to. And I'm not making a special fucking trip anymore. I'm paying $80 to Amazon Prime Amazon and they're Prime, sending son. me grape nuts in the fucking mail. Nice. Oh, what? My uh, niece's birthday is in four days and I'm an idiot and I'm like late to the game? Amazon Prime. Really? Yep. No. I'm not going to a fucking store. I, can't, to- <laughs> I don't have time to go to stores anymore. I don't, have to- I don't even have time to to wash my hair yeah you if you're if nick it's four doesn't days, even have time to have hair if you're <laughs> if it's four days before christmas in 2012 this year and you're at the postal service in line waiting to do some shit it's your fault yeah. <laughs> amazon it's available Prime. if you just pay for it it's available yeah and it's worth it you know what you need to do what's that uh, you need things delivered to your home i'm locked in all right you've got a studio yeah where you do a show is it every week you do this show oh yeah all right you need to enlist your guests to bring you meat and produce. Oh. Tribute. <laughs> what? Tribute. <laughs> I like it. I wasn't thinking that, but that's Tribute. gorgeous. That's even better. A top, that, that, that improves my You want to come on and hawk your nonfiction book, buddy? You must bring a box of meat. Come on. Come with it. <sighs> yeah. This is, it ties right in, dude. Mm-hmm. You never have to leave this building. And these people who come on my show, they probably live... In a neighborhood with artisanal ass fucking shit. Yes. Had I known about this beforehand, I would have gone by Lindy and Grundy on Fairfax, the oh. uh, the butcher shop, which everything is locally sourced from you know Southern California area. I, and I you would some... fucking brought me. We would be eating French lamb chops oh, right now if you had thought of this yesterday. Fucking. They have shit. they have cheese too. I'm out. Teresa's <laughs> <laughs> in. He's out. <laughs> Oh man, it really like it's really difficult to overstate the extent. And I mean, for me, I don't know what uh, I don't know what the situation's like for you, Nick, because I know you you have a you also have a job where you're working like crazy because you're writing on a television program. Yeah, it can be intense. 
So, but for me, because Teresa worked with me, and Teresa can't work anymore. Like we thought Teresa worked fifteen hours a week or something. Yeah. Like we we thought she would work. The baby would be napping sometimes, and she would get a little work done, and so on and so forth. And Teresa's been totally amazing, but. She's not getting any fucking work done. Yeah. I mean, she's doing the amount of work that she's getting done is amazing to me as I see it happen. Yeah. She's an amazing person. I don't want this to be a, interpreted as an answer. Anybody that has children knows what you're saying right now. So okay. you don't have to worry about it. Okay. But the, just for the other people, just yeah. as an FYI, she's amazing. But the. the to, so to even accomplish anything while also caring for a newborn is an amazing feat you're yes. saying. Yes. Yes. Unfucking really? is blowing my mind. You have to remember they have to eat every ha- every hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, and then at the, right after that, you got to put them down for a nap. You yeah. know, and then there's changings involved. And you so you're just constantly. That, and in your head, you think that the nap is going to be a time when you can do shit. But the problem is, when they nap for half an hour, it takes ten minutes to get them down. Yeah. And so then you really only have like 15 minutes and there's nothing that you can start and do in 15 minutes. Right. Yeah, it's like an all-day thing. Some, people's, some people have babies that nap for two hours oh, at man. a time or something like that, but it's very unusual. Yeah. It's a very unusual baby. So let me ask you, as we do this show, is Simon in the Satsumari? Is that where you keep him while this is going well, on? Natural, naturally calming and soothing. I'll tell you about yeah. some shit. Like, like Simon, I took care of Simon this morning from 10 to 11.25. I was fucking exhausted. <laughs> At the end of an hour and 25 minutes of taking care of this baby, I was done. I, and that's on my calendar. Teresa calendars my time <laughs> to take your care of the baby. responsibility. <laughs> At 11.25, too, is on the calendar. Yeah. At, not 11.30, 11.25, I'm off. Out. And so he, and at 11.25, he was cranky and pissy, and he needed to take a nap. Yeah. Now, now, Teresa could feed him to sleep, or we could walk him to sleep. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to take the dogs for a walk. We're going to walk him to sleep. But strap him is, in. You strap him up. But the thing is, excuse me, is that once he gets up, once he gets asleep in, if he's inside the baby Bjorn or whatever, he, if you take him, if you unhook him, yeah. he's going to sleep. Or if you stop walking, he's going to, he wakes up, excuse me. Or if you unhook or, or if you stop walking, he wakes up. I see. So you only get as long a nap as you keep walking. And he needs to take like a 30, 40 minute nap. So right. you just have to go for a 40 minute walk. Yeah. With, with an extra you thing, know, 11 yeah. pounds. And also, to your it's chest. 90 degrees outside today here sure. in Los Angeles. So we went and did that. Wonder, wonder how warm it was in uh, San Francisco today. It was just probably curious. a much more pleasant weather just, outside. Just curious. You're right. It probably was much more pleasant outside I'm in, just in curious. San Francisco. <laughs> I wonder if people were, were, were running to grab their shorts and flip flops and halter tops today. Yeah, I I sure I sure don't. You're right. I don't like wearing shorts and flip flops. <laughs> Nick, that's a good point. Come um, to the dog side, Thorny. So, um, so we did that for 40 minutes. Came back here. I reheated some pizza, and Teresa took the baby for a while, fed him and stuff, and then he needed to nap again after he she played with him for a little while, and he wasn't didn't want to go to sleep from eating because he'd already eaten. And so she just had to put him in the car and drive him around for an hour and a half. Wow. Well, this explains to me why all family comedies 
it air or get greenlit at least because it it sounds like everyone has the common experience because you're describing stuff that you would see on a show. Yeah, Whether they would walk out, walk the kid, and they'd be staring at each other, and they get up, he home, and he he wouldn't sleep, and you know, hook him, he wake up. This is all typical things you would see in a in a movie or, also, or a TV show. Yeah, the, yeah. The everyone's things, had a version of that happen to yeah. them if they have a baby. The other thing about all of those things is they're all completely insane. Yeah, <laughs> like they all don't make any sense. They're all like not normal things to do, but you are compelled to do them by circumstance yeah um but you know you know sometimes a baby's got yogurt all over his face that's pretty great yeah it's pretty they're pretty great i get i get like the the most positive time with my baby that's the time when she's waking up for the first time in the morning mm-hmm. like and she's up and she's in a good mood and she's happy and we play and then she starts to get sleepy and she's going down for her first nap but it's her first nap so it's really easy to sort of get her back to sleep you I know see. i don't even have to get out of the bed on the best morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like that's her like at her best and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then like the last 15 minutes are like why are you crying? You're exhausted. Like you're yeah. exhausted. We got the lullaby station from Pandora on like <laughs> everything and you're still being an asshole about this. We do this every morning. Baby that just woke up though. That's a really yeah, good yeah. point. A baby that just woke up from being asleep from overnight. A good, a good long restful sleep yeah. in the morning. Like Simon, Simon, my my son usually ends up in the bed in the morning because um, he, he will he will wake up. He'll sleep through until four or something, five. I don't know, some crazy wow. early in the morning time, and then after going down at what time? After she, well, he goes to sleep at he goes to sleep at seven thirty or so. Um, well, that's nine hours, ten hours. Well, he'll sleep. he'll wake up usually once in the middle of the night, and I Teresa see. can get him back to sleep. Um, and, but it, it, in the morning, he kind of sort of goes back to sleep, sort of not, he won't go back to, he doesn't really go back to sleep in the, in the crib. And so Teresa will just plop, drop him into bed in the morning so that she can kind of cruise through till six and hopefully I can make it till seven (laughs) and he'll be, he'll be sitting there. And when he's, when he wakes up at six, basically when he's for real awake at six, He's so pleasant. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> He'll just be. I'll, I'll, I'll be like tr- trying desperately to, to not be awake. Just doing everything mm. in my power to not be awake. And he'll be just be there in the bed next to me, like looking at me and going, That's an excellent Simon, by the way, folks. Was yeah. it? That was Spot a really on, good Simon. impression. That was a fucking for... Frank Caliendo level. <laughs> I thought Richard Driver was going to make a mountain out of mashed potatoes when he finished that. <laughs> it was, it was, and, and that, and that's really neat. But shit, yeah. So, in other words, what happens is, what happened to me is, I thought Teresa was. We both thought that she'd get some work done. That her work schedule would scale way back, but go to some. Yeah, and it's gone to. Barely none, which has meant that I've had to go from it's absurd go, it's gone, to insane. It's gone from some to you going to Twitter and going, does anyone want to be a bookkeeper or anything? Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that ad. I'm like, oh, yeah. things are picking up for Jesse. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so shit's, shit's pretty, shit gets pretty insane. But I, Nick, you were implying that your, that your baby's a few months old. Than, how old yeah. is she? Like 10 She's months? Nine months. Today. Nine months. Okay. And mine is seven months. So you're you're a couple months ahead of yeah. me. I big don't know. months. Big months too. Yeah. At this at this stage in a baby's life, like especially after they 
once they get a little more developmentally advanced, they're doing big things, and you're doing big, like game changing types of things. So, like, we're talking about ninety yard passes. We're talking about (laughs) when you when you can put your baby in a crib at seven p.m. and she makes a little bit of noise for a few minutes, but then she's asleep in the room with the door closed and the noise machine on, and you can go out and have dinner and watch a movie and talk. Like that's you're getting your life back. Huge, yeah. It's enormous. Like we just drink a glass of wine and watch Down Abbey and complain about work or whatever it is you're going to do as an adult for a couple hours a night. Like to be able to do that is huge. And once you can do that, then you sort of like slowly start to get control of everything else. (laughs) So you got two months, (laughs) Jesse. You got two months. Well, we're transitioning. I mean, for me, like I'm in a point where the big transition is that. The big, this is pathetic, but the big transition is that Simon uh, has a personal connection to me now. Like, it's weird when you're a dad, but uh, the baby doesn't give that much of a shit about you. Yeah, it's ultimately about mom. Until about six months. I mean, Simon definitely still prefers Teresa to me. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Well, I think we all do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I He's think not any, crazy. Any rational person <laughs> sure. would. She's a wonderful woman. <laughs> but um, the, the, the baby like doesn't even really like, basically can't be bothered with you. And now like he sees me, he's like, he'll go, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, like that guy's yeah, all right. That's my dude. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's the other one. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, the other one. I've made it to the other one from mm-hmm. a guy in the house. <laughs> well, because the other night my daughter was crying, like I think she was like having a nightmare or something. She was just like panicked, and and I went in there and I picked her up, and for like thirty or forty five seconds she was giving me the get away from me like no because i think in her panic state she was just like mom in her mind she couldn't articulate it but in her mind she was just like mommy Mom, mommy mom, mommy, sure. mommy mommy and then she was able to calm down and go oh this guy he's okay he's all yeah <laughs> this will do and then she calmed down and she went back to sleep but i think for the first 10 or 15 seconds she was just like i don't i don't know who this is but it's not mommy i know that and get, get away from me do you think it's possible that it was just because you were black she might be, <laughs> she might be a little racist yeah Although, Although a black guy shows a, up in her bedroom in the middle of the night. I don't know what the racism scale is, but like my wife's Native American, so I like you know she's sort of locked in. Like, yeah, I mean, you can't be racist. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Like, she yeah. could like hate Filipinos, maybe. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, all, she, all she can be is uh, privileged. Yeah, all she who, can do is get on into college. Let's exactly. face it. Get who, on into college. Who doesn't hate Filipinos? They're always stick fighting mm-hmm. and oh, wearing barong Tagalog. Yeah. Oxtail stews that they're making. Oxtail yeah. Fish heads. Yeah. yeah. Always with fights. that adobo. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of Filipino restaurants near my house I have not yet gone to. I'm really? sure they're awesome. Filipino food is great. I should get with that. It's I really good. should get with that. Yeah, no. The, do, they, I, uh, do they deliver? They do not deliver. No, sir. <laughs> Nick Nick has a comment. Um, Nick have you been to the cacao? Hand. I want to mention that Nick raised his he hand. He did. John Travolta style. <laughs> I didn't open Saturday my Night up. Fever. Have you been to the cacao that I hear so much about? What's the cacao? Cacao is a, is a I don't know, it's like a, a restaurant up here in your... We're doing, your, local, we're doing local restaurant reviews on this I just We were talking podcast. about food. We were talking about, you know, keeping it local. We were talking about meats. I think they have I, the If I'm not mistaken, we were talking about Barong Tagalog. <laughs> you, you'd say And wait, Filipino stick I'm, fighting. I'm going to use the internet to look up cacao. I stood and, up in a Filipino wedding. Oh. Yeah, and I have, just to I stretch the, uh, or to like... Yeah, I did. I stretched out. It was, oh my God, long. 
Uh, the stick fighting, never ending. And you, um, and you still have your Barong Tagalog? I, I do. Actually, I was too. I, it, was a, it was a mixed ethnicity wedding. But, oh, okay. Uh, my friends got Otherwise married. Otherwise known one as of, a wedding. One of them is... <laughs> in America in 2012. One of them was Filipina. Yeah. Um, and they was a... And it was a... And the, I was a groomsman in it and, or, and wore a uh, Barong Tagalog for it. So did I. Yeah. yeah. And I had to go fit, get fitted for it. Often some... Again, a neighborhood I've never been in and will mm-hmm. never go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, of all the Filipinos. Oh, well, of course. They, sure. Well, else they stopped me at the border. Four or five is plenty. <laughs> Man. Well, you would have hated this wedding because mm-hmm. both families, it was a, it was a straight up Filipino. I might have been the only white dude. We lived above a Filipino family in our last apartment and they were they were great and the mother-in-law lived with them, the wife's mother. And when we first moved in, I would come home at like four o'clock and I would, oh my God, what is Tasha cooking? This is, inc- I'm about to yeah. have an incredible meal. And it was downstairs coming up from the window yeah. because the mother-in-law did all of the, the cooking and the cleaning and, and it was just Amazing, amazing food. The like we- the seven wedding, nights a week. Right. The wedding food was amazing, and I've gone for uh, for his his baby, his birthdays, and all that stuff. And uh, and same thing. Yeah. Like you get there. I can't wait because yeah. I know it's going to be that table of amazing food. I am so nice. bummed. I you know when I when I was in college, my uh, my freshman year roommate Mike was Filipino. He still is actually. <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh, unfortunately, he lives up in the Bay Area. But uh, a lot of our, a lot of my college friends are Filipino because Mike was Filipino. Filipino and was in the Filipino club, and so he had a lot of friends from the Filipino club who were Filipino. So if you go to college in, in California, do you have to have a Filipino club? Uh, what do you mean? Are there's you requ- just a are- gang of Filipinos around. Do you have to join a club? Right? <laughs> well, you don't have well, to if you join want a the club. There's... <laughs> but I mean, I'll tell you one of the advantages to joining the club. What's that? There is always adobo because someone's mom is always at the house making adobo there's like seriously the fucking adobo deliveries were continuous continuous at one point they lived in at one point they lived in shared on-campus housing Mm -hmm. that was like uh hold on i have to stop you have you ever wanted to go get your own food ever i mean honestly it's like the adobo (laughs) delivery food delivered in college this is amazing that was it was fucking off the charts I cannot tell you guys how great this is was. Is that where your delivery envy started? Seriously, these dudes lived, they lived up at Kresge College at UC Santa Cruz. They lived in an apartment that had, I want to say, five bedrooms in it. And I think three or four of them were full Filipinos, right? <laughs> full and, first of all, whatever ceiling. your image is of UC Santa Cruz, I don't know, like people from, across, you have listeners from across the world, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. It doesn't involve no, a lot of Filipinos. No, but they have no concept of what UC Santa Cruz looks like. Yeah. Picture. The summer camp from the original Friday the 13th. <laughs> That's what UC Santa Cruz looks like. And then add a lot of Filipinos and people from Thousand Oaks, California. And maybe a lot of people using Tom's deodorant. And so um, and so there was hella Filipinos up in here, up in that oh, apartment in real at Bay area. all times. Real Bay Area. Hella Filipinos from the yay <laughs> at all times. And someone's mom was always in town. And whenever someone's mom was in town, and these are people visiting from hours and hours away, mm-hmm. they would bring one of those stew pots. And I'm talking about a stew pot, the kind that's like two and a half feet tall. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking sure. about? Like a 20-gallon stew yeah. pot. I don't know how big. But like the kind that like a, a kettle that a, a, that kettle a cannibal uses to cook an entire <laughs> human being. Maybe with a bone through the nose. Yeah, exactly. That That's racist, Nick. But yes. I was talking about a white cannibal. <laughs> okay. So good. Yeah, they fine. dress the part still. It's fine. <laughs> that's a cannibal thing, not a race thing. <laughs> yeah. And so they, um, and so there was always one of the, and because they would bring this enormous thing of adobo, 
all of the Filipinos on campus, like 100 people or 200 people, would just be eating this adobo all weekend mm. at whoever's house it was right. that had the adobo at and it. And you didn't know there were that many Filipinos until the adobo showed up. And then it was like Escape from New York when the crazies would feed. <laughs> they would come climbing out of the manhole covers and just descending from rooftops. <laughs> there was like a secret adobo whistle that only Filipinos could hear. <laughs> It was it was fucking amazing, man. Maybe I, if you're a smart Filipino kid, you go home. You're like, yeah, mom, I, I you know, I always thought yours was the best I'd ever had. Oh, but I tasted so and so's mom's, and I gotta say, it's really great. Look at Nick running. Next the thing game. you know, a week later, bam, you're in the money. I tasted Philomers. Yeah, my mom. friend Maria. My friend Maria had a cousin named Philomer. Spell that. P H I of course L- it's P H A M E R. I once for, met a Filipino. It's for Filipino American, Nick. <laughs> oh God, Maria's middle name was Filipina, by the way. Jesus. I once met a Filipino still guy. Still is actually, yeah. and she's still Filipino. I once met a guy, a, a Filipino guy named Tadao. No, yeah. gorgeous, pretty great. Oh no, uh, it's cacao Mexican jelly, uh, Jesse. It's on over here on Colorado Boulevard. Number it's a it's a it's a big deal apparently. Number one, number one, I don't fuck with Colorado Boulevard that much. Wow, you're talking about that Eagle Rock shit. Wow, no oyster for you. Uh, I do go to the oyster from ah, time to time. Good for you. I will go to the oyster from time to time. But I have a lot of. Here's the thing, Nick. I don't know anything about Eagle Rock. I'm just saying. I, I go to the oyster. Who lives in Highland, in this part of town? I'm not even. I'm not even comfortable with the vintage clothing part of Highland Park. I really just, I, I really. You like that's right up your alley, though. That's your deal. Put this on. You like it's the vintage. Not, it's not good vintage. It's, it's not, not that yours. kind of. It's tight. It's tight pants and a lot of t-shirts and house flippers. Mm. That's not vintage though. That's just bad. That's not like, <laughs> vintage. It's, it's 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 vintage bad. Vintage bad. And I just burped right into the yes, microphone. Yes, you did. Classed it up. I just thank God you took credit for it because I'm like, it up. you know, everybody's gonna go. Well, the fat dude did that. He Come had a pig on, face and let one loose. You want to listen to not burping? Go on. That's what the radio is for. <laughs> This is the internet. That's exactly why the they internet. invented it. No, that's why they invented radio way back yeah. then. You I know hate what? when people burp in conversation. Well, turn this knob. You know what? Michelle Norris isn't going to burp on the air. Nope, she's not. She isn't. Let's just let's just call it like say. Let's just say it like it is. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. <laughs> Nick, repeat Adams. <laughs> I'm Mike Schmidt, astonished at Nick Adams' headphone control. Jordy LaForge style. I was just about to say that. Oh, my goodness gracious. I was worried that uh, it might just be because all black people look the same to me when they have <laughs> a strip of black something across their eyes. All right. Wow. A, a few, Hold on. Let's explore that for a second. That is, a few yeah, years is, ago, Beach I've, by Dre was like nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. Now it's like, you know, you watch the NBA and the guys are coming into the arena and they're wearing their Beats by Dre. Like, Beats by Jordy, you get LeVar Burton. That's where you put the head, but the headband of your, uh, of your earphones down over your sunglasses. eyes. Right. Wow. Beats by Jordy. He's got a lot of Twitter followers or something. I'm telling you, man. He's I'm, doing something. Who is? 
Lavar Burton. Lavar, he's he's a cultural icon. He's like hood adjacent, like Gumbel. He, he seems <laughs> he seems like a nice man. He seems like a great guy. He was the host of Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, man. Reading he, Rainbow he, meant a lot to me as a he's child. He's got three mm. cultural touchstones under his belt. How many people can say that? That's a really you got good your point. Roots. Got roots. Star Trek: Next Generation. Reading Rainbow. You know, I think they could show Roots now. Didn't they do it maybe a couple of years ago? Show it in prime time now and, oh. and, and bring the house down again and have a whole new generation exposed to it because it was so... I remember being a kid and it was that, again, we only had three channels. Right. But you had to see it. You yeah. had to be there. You had to sit in front of the TV and watch it. And it, was, and it was also worth it. It was compelling enough to where you were happy you watched it. It wasn't and, like just homework. And then outside of the, the Spielberg movie, like there hasn't been a lot of mainstream you know, entertainment that's really tackled that issue Which on. is weird because it's so entertaining. It's great. I mean, it is fun. <laughs> it's just packed with fun. Look, sure. people watch Jesus get the shit kicked out of him for <laughs> two true. hours. True. So, you know, you we can watch a couple gotta, of black people in chains. We got to figure out a way to get America's pastors to send their can, their parishioners. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Yeah, sure. Their constituents is what I was going <laughs> to Not constituents. Yeah, Definitely well, not constituents. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> parishioners is the word, though. I know um, that's a thing. Yeah, they're flocks. Send their flocks out to watch something about... Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be Jaiman Hansu, but... It wouldn't hurt. He's well qualified. It wouldn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt if Jaiman Hansu was involved in True. whatever you're doing. He looks, he looks good in chains. When you need, a, when you need a, a fuel Negro type of guy, you go to Jaiman Hansu. When you need a beautiful, naked ebony man... Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse than Jimon Hunt. Janet Jackson knows what she's doing, folks. Yeah. She didn't cast him in that music video for no reason. <laughs> Janet Jackson, just as a general rule, Janet Jackson, that's not true. That is not true. Janet Jackson has no idea what she's doing as a general rule. Uh, Outside well, well, of the fields of, of dancing, singing, and casting beautiful black men. Dancing, singing, casting the videos. She's extremely well qualified. Marrying music moguls. She's terrible at that. Accidental nudity. They're still married, though. They're still married. Wait, are they still married for real? I think her and Jermaine Dupri. So if she, she is not still married to Jermaine Dupri. Janet Jackson and Jermaine Dupri are not still married. If you've been successfully married, if you've been married for like ten years, you know you've. You did all right, right? Yeah. Like 10 years. If you... I don't believe that that's true. I'm I using the internet to I check. I think they still are married. She may still be married to Elle DeBarge. I do <laughs> not believe that, that that cannot be true. That could not possibly. Okay, I'm, I'm looking up Jermaine Dupri now. But in that video, Jimon Hansu looks like candy. Like, he's, I mean, he's like so amazingly beautiful. I, he's it's like crazy. The, the amount of beauty that is contained within Jaiman Hansu is <laughs> almost unfathomable. It's, it is. I, it's literally, he's I like, love that when someone's so attractive that white people are like, I, he's super, super African and I still can't resist. He's like so African <laughs> well, looking I'm not, that, that's and the, I still can't resist. No, but I love it when someone is like so like, like there's a model and I can't remember her name. It's a. Devin Aoki, she's like a model oh, okay. slash actress, and she's crazy looking and like Asian and looks like she's out of a cartoon. Right, but she's so attractive. People are like, yeah, she's you got to put her in this thing because she's like she's so beautiful, so attractive. Yeah, you know? ended her relationship with Jermaine Dupri in two thousand nine. But are they still married? Well, yeah, because I knew they were broken up, but he's saying that they're still they're betrothed. How long were they married though? Oh man, I don't know. Let's see. Let me see. Well, she's definitely. She's definitely divorced from fellow R&B singer James DeBarge. Well, <sighs> you know, can you even call a DeBarge an R&B singer at this point? <laughs> Are they still singing? Is she dating at Renee Elizondo still? Uh, her husband filed for divorce in 2000. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
So they were sorry. They were, sorry to break it to you. She right. sweat on me. I know that you're part of the Rhythm Nation. What? Janet yeah. Jackson sweated on That's you? That's right. She Pretty did. Good. That's outrageous. <laughs> I worked. I was working security at the Pacific Amphitheater down in uh, in Costa Mesa. Uh huh. And I was right in the front. I was a. Uh, I was. I was the front line of defense. If you were to get through everybody else, you had to get through me to get to Janet. And what year was this? It was on the Black Cat. Uh, whatever oh that was. That's yeah. Rhythm Nation. Rhythm Nation. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was prime. Uh, she was like the biggest star in pop music. Yes, at that sir. Point. And I worked. I worked two nights in a row, dead center. And uh, and there were people, you know, everybody was trying to get to her and all that stuff. And we didn't have a problem, but the second night, a guy broke through and he had roses. He had a big thing of mm-hmm. roses. This is in the middle of the show, and she stopped the show. And I'm supposed to tackle the fuck out of anybody mm-hmm. who gets close. And she he approached, and uh, and she stopped the show. And because she stopped the show, I knew. So I said, "Come on up." And he walked up, and he got as close as me. So it was basically between me and Jenna Jackson. Yeah. Or between uh, I was between him and Jenna Jackson. He reached over and he handed her the roses, and she reached over, re- leaned on my shoulder. To reach out and grab them, and sweat like dripped all over me, like from her and her dancing exploits. How many orgasms? Did oh, you good have? Christ! Are you kidding me? I just I, I went I smelled the shirt and then jerked off with it over and over. Rhythm Nation, Janet Jackson. Yeah. Yes, super, touched you, touched super, me, and sweat on me. Super hot, super hot, super successful, yes. super popular, and apparently pretty cool. Oh, the best! And yeah, that was the, the leader of a powerful yeah, yeah. dance militia. Yeah, a whole <laughs> nation of rhythmically talented people. After you, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she's a part of the nation. But I'm well, saying, we're all part a... of the rhythm nation, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, there's some people who aren't. Dude, that song <laughs> is rhythm. That part. song is a jam. Yes. Can it is. I say that about rhythm nation? I just want to say, like, there's a lot of. I think it is very fair to malign much R and B music from that era. Sure. Uh, because it sucks. Um, but that song is a fucking jam. But, but if you listen to her greatest, I, I just made a plane mix. Like when I'm flying, I'll yeah. do that. And I went to her greatest hits and I'm like, yeah, I go, I go, I grabbed like 11 songs yeah. and I just, yeah. all right, just throw them all in there. I mean, and they come on and you feel great. Might I recommend all right. Yeah. With yes, the music video that featured both heavy D and cap Calloway. When so <laughs> you can't go wrong. When you have both of those guys. When Sierra came out and everyone was like, Sierra's just a fake ass Janet Jackson. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We could great. use a little of that right sounds now. Sounds like a I'm lot in. of fun. Yeah. yeah, dancing and singing little dance songs. Like that's great. Yeah. How about I, I go pleasure principle, Janet, with the yeah. with the little wig and the and the tight jeans, the black jeans. Jumping that was a similar moment in the oh, young African American youth. <laughs> yeah. How about young youth? Period. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She was all over the superseding place. race because she's yeah. on that chair and flips mm-hmm. off and does the knee slide with do, the knee pads. Do, do, do. She has the knee pads. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Yes, sir. She stretches for like eight seconds. Yeah. And just. Goes, goes off. Right into it, you right guys into need it. ice packs? I'm good. I'm in. Yeah, I don't care. I, I, I actually like this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it ride. <laughs> you might think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. <laughs> Nick, you offhandedly, you offhandedly said something um, in the break that I felt like I, I had to stop you from talking about it because I felt like we needed to get into it a little bit, which is, look, I know that you're happy to be an Angelino because you weren't you're not you're not that into being from the Carolinas and well first of all I'm not that... from the Carolinas I'm from North Carolina okay well I couldn't right. remember which Carolina you were from Jesus Christ so that's like well let me ask you but from if someone said to you, you're from if you're from the bay area does that make yeah. you mad no you don't, wouldn't you but learn? if someone said you're from Oakland you'd be like well no yeah, that's true. That's why I didn't say. That's why I right. didn't well, guess which Carolina you Oakland, were from. Oakland is the I South Carolina. Which Carolina you were from? Oakland. I don't want to malign <laughs> Oakland. 
I don't want to malign Oakland. So Oakland's I'm not gonna a say great that. place. But Oakland's if you're a great from city. San Francisco, you, I'm from San Francisco. Now, if somebody said, if somebody said you're from Los Angeles, then, <laughs> then <laughs> I'm a little might get a little. And we're about to get into this here, right? But you're right not now. from Los Angeles, so that's fine. Right, I know I'm not from Los Angeles. I'm from San Francisco, the greatest city in the world. No offense. Yeah, um, Chicago would have something to say about Chicago. It's a wonderful go. city as well. I have, no, we I have no beef with Chicago. Chicago is also a great city, although. Guys. <laughs> well, we're talking San Francisco. Hold Biden on. Biden for third. Place. Were you able to open the shirt thing I sent you? I saw the shirt, and it uh, is a tremendous shirt. All right, because I was so mad you didn't say anything back. Because I'm like, if anybody's going to like this, Jesse's going to like it. And then you, you didn't even write me back. I was so bummed. I've, I've, my email has been such a disaster area. Mike, <laughs> Mike did a show. Um, Mike did a sh- uh, return to San Francisco. Yes. made a glorious return to San Francisco. You made a couple of those. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. This isn't your first return to San Francisco. No, no, it's my first. Yeah, oh, it was your I, first. Okay. I, I did a one man show on the road, and Jesse was nice enough uh, to sponsor it. And uh, Son of Young America at the time yeah. sponsored the show, and, and we went into San Francisco and did two nights. It was the first time I'd ever done the one man on the road. Oh, wow. And so after it's been a year, that was August of 2010, so it's a year and a half. And I just went back into shows uh, two weeks ago. And you know, the Warriors jersey that says the city on mm-hmm. it. So, Mike. Pretty, super sweet. Super yeah, sweet. it's basically the best jersey ever. Um, Mike made uh, Mike made forty year old boy uh, Mike Schmidt jerseys that were I, I mean shirts that yes. were a riff on that. Yeah, it said the Schmitty right. instead of the city, and it had uh, the logo for my show is like mm. a little boy with horns, and the horns were on the circle, and on the back we had the cable car with the number forty because it's uh, with the name Schmidt. Sweet. So, and, but I because I do that, I make a city specific shirt whenever I go out of town, and and so we did those, and I'm like I can't wait to show it to Jesse, and then he never responded to my email. I'm, I'm sorry. like. Dude. Sorry, I, 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 it's, it was my fault. But it's a, it was an ill-ass shirt. Good. I'm it was glad. an ill-ass shirt. Wonderful. Uh, my wife my wife had her Jordan Jesse Go t-shirt on today. Oh, that's fantastic. Today. Okay, it's wait. We're getting off base here. Let's get back on track. <laughs> so we're not here to talk about t-shirts and cities. You can do that any old time. We're here to talk about some Los Angeles-ass shit that Wait, Nick got that, himself involved in. Why is that Los Angeles shit, though? Oh, come on, Nick. Come would you, on. Would you have done it in North Carolina? Let's get serious, uh, Nick. I wouldn't have done Barbecue sauce, in maybe. Carolina. Let's get serious, 90% Nick. 90% of the shit I've done in my life, I would not have done if I had not left that state. Let's get <laughs> not real. Let's North Let's Carolina. get real for a second, Nick. This was some Los Angeles-ass shit. This is some <laughs> shit you do the month after you get a colonic. You don't think there's people in New York doing this? You don't think there's people in London, Paris? Come on. This is you Los gotta Angeles get global. Shit. You got to get <laughs> there global. Are, there are some people. Somebody in Sao Paulo right now is juicing. The there are some people in New York doing this, oh. but mostly people in New York are making fun of people in Los Angeles. For yeah, doing that's this. their number one pastime as they bundle up to walk through the snow to get to a, try to get into a cab. Okay. Hardy so- fucking hard. <laughs> Nick is so for, you, Nick, to nobody. It, nobody nobody just from admit New what York you did. Just admit what you did. I took a shot. Did. I took a shot. I took a shot. Shots fired, and I love New York, but I just took a random shot. Nick fucking went on a juice cleanse. I did it. I did a three day. Nick juice cleansed cleanse. his body of toxins <laughs> using an expensive package of juices. Yep. That he got his et- from his entertainment industry colleagues. Yeah, and not only that, not only to go on the cleanse, he did it because all of his entertainment industry friends were doing it. To be so fair. That's, that's straight up Los Angeles. To be fair, we have spent the past nine months consistently 12 hours a day filling our bodies full of soda and popcorn and cookies <laughs> and, and juice and 
coffee and mochas and ordering lunch and ordering dinners. So to be fair, in our defense, like your life was pretty good before this. <laughs> <laughs> we were all bloated, sugary nightmares before that. Yeah, we were all fat and happy, and then we got fat and disgusted with ourselves, <sighs> and then we were just like, I can't. Something has to change. So we did. We did cleanse. So you went super friends of juice. We did. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't too. It was expensive. That was the worst part of it. But it was. It wasn't too bad. How much is it? Okay. So what kind of cleanse did you do, Nick? It was from a place called Press Juicery. Uh huh. Which is a thing, apparently. I mean, it was like two hundred. You don't have to give them buzz marketing. I'm just trying to. I'm just. I'm a storyteller, (laughs) Jesse. And it's all the devil is in the details. Brands. (laughs) No, it was like uh, there's a lot of places that do it, and that's the one we chose. And it was like it was like two hundred and change. You chose it because the Olsen twins suggested it. (laughs) Someone who does Mary Kate's nails. She does her juice. Does her juice charts. Boyfriend waxes one of our writers' eyebrows. Uh So. So no, you, we, one of your male writer's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. So you got to get special juice. I mean, you can't go to El Superior and just grab a bunch of stuff off the shelf and no, make this happen. No, I mean, it's like they just, I'm assuming, I, I wasn't there when they did it, but, you know, like you can go get like a naked juice and it's like eight oranges and three strawberries and a gang of sugar, I'm assuming, you know, this is just all vegetables and juices and roots and whatever and they're like a certain certain different types and you have to drink two of these and two of these and it was a whole thing but the the juices were actually pretty good other than the green ones which i hated because i don't like cucumber and they all had cucumber in them oh. so i would just sort of hold my nose and chug what's that. up with that is that a thing hating cucumber someone else told me they hate cucumber i, I was just about to climb in nick's ass no offense but uh you hate cucumber i Who hate cucumber I, the smell of it i can't stand it it's fantastic ah. Oh my god! It makes every piece of sushi better. It is so good, so refreshing. Yes, it's fan- I love it. Love crisp. it. Crisp. My my list of food don'ts: watermelon, number one with a bullet. Uh, you know what? Number I'm, one with a bullet. I'm, that's a race thing. No, it's not even a race thing. <laughs> reeks. I I tell you a story. I came home from school. It reeks of delicious flavor. I came home it from school. It reeks of being one of the tastiest things that grows out of the earth. I came home from school. My mom said, "Are you hungry? Do you want a sandwich?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll have a sandwich." She made me a ham sandwich. She made me a watermelon it. sandwich. I was eating it. I've not eaten watermelon since. I said, um, I was like, this sandwich is weird. And she's like, what's wrong with it? I was like, was there watermelon in the refrigerator? And she's like, I threw it out like two days ago because I knew you were coming home. And I was like, I can taste it yeah. in the ham. That's weird. True story. I hate watermelon. I don't like watermelon either. But I love watermelon flavored things. Ugh. Like, right. like candy and yeah, juice and all that kind of I stuff. I get that though. So I would have loved that sandwich, yeah. sounds like. <laughs> You'd be more insane. Watermelon and then cucumber, like second, not a distant second, but a clear. Is second. it a texture thing? Is it because smell I and taste? Watermelon, just... the texture, I can't stand. Like that's why I don't like honeydew or cantaloupe. Like I love fruit, but any melon, yeah, fuck, I'm not a melon not a fan, fan. But the water like, it stinks to high heaven, so I can't do. It. And cucumber, same thing. I'm just like ugh. And this, the green juice is like. By the way, Nick and I are the guys who earlier were eating pig head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'll we hate watermelon. Of Dude, I would fuck up a pig head. <laughs> yeah. Right now. If y'all brought me some pig head, I would be eating it right now on microphone. <laughs> I'm not anti vegetable. I'm not anti fruit, but just the things that I don't like, I really don't like. And this juice just happened to have a lot of cucumber in it. So it was disgusting to me. And then the other ones were fun. They were actually fun to me. What is it? Why why would you even do it? For me, juice like, is not that good for you. You sound like he juice let you isn't down. good for you when it's full of sugar and store bought. But it like, someone like just like fruit juice is. <laughs> fruit juice is full of sugar. But this is like freshly squeezed juice. Yeah, but they no, did it. It doesn't. The juice doesn't. The juice doesn't build up over time. 
What are you talking the about? The sugar doesn't build up no, over time the, in the juice. The, sugar that, the, sh- the juice that you're buying from the store has Carrot. sugar added to it. No, not the juice. The juice yes, it doesn't. Does. Yes, it does. Well, the you can juice. buy pure juice that yeah, doesn't you just have buy sugar juice. And that's but ju- better regular for you than juice. Sugar. Are you well, talking it's about better for you than soda? But regular juice, Nick? Like, are you talking about drink? Yeah. No, no. He's talking about. <laughs> I think he's talking about drink because really the sugar no, that you're buying is there drink. is a there, when you if you buy there is a lot of sugar. It is not added sugar. It is. F- it is fructose. Right, right. It is fruit sugar. Right. But, but there is a lot of sugar in juice. But the juices that juice you buy for is, the cleanse don't have a ton of. It's not juice just all is the, oranges and juice apples. is juice is nature's sugariest thing. That's if you're just with buying the fiber taken out of. That's it. just like if you're buying grape juice and orange juice. If you're getting like a, a juice that has like carrots and ginger carrots, and all carrots that shit. are nature's sugariest non-fruit. No, 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 no. Janet Jackson. <laughs> She is nature's sugariest non-fruit. It's like vegetables and like roots. It's good for you. Was this supposed to clean out toxins? Did, I, was toxins adver- was the word toxins in any part of the advertisement of the? I have no issue with toxins. I have no. Were you sweating jicama at any point? <laughs> I have no problems with toxins. <laughs> you just toxins look under or... your arm and find pure, your jicama. Pure starch. <laughs> just, holy, here goes the jicama. I didn't suffer any weird. Side effects. I didn't have any major bowel movements. It was just normal. And well, I, I can't imagine right. you had any major bowel movements. I think I was not my, having any fiber. I think I think the the amount of juices that you were drinking, you were probably taking in more fiber during those three days than you ever hope to take in. You know what your juice is? Life. Juice is when you take the fiber out of something. No, no, apparently not. Because I think I was the only writer that did not suffer serious bowel consequences of going on the juice cleanse. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was other it. people were having bowel issues from the juice. Huge, huge monster poops. That one of our that's working. One right? of our showrunners was describing his poops in various uh, terminologies, and he was like, "He, I pooped a small child earlier this morning." So wait, it was all of, all of you, the whole staff went. Not on. like not all of us, just like maybe like forty percent of the. But staff the writers' did. room, yeah, the writers' room, like a good chunk of the writers' room. So that's going to come out in some episodes coming up, right? Someone's going on a cleanse. No, not this season, but maybe maybe season two. I, I don't know, know if that's going to play in the flyover. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel goes on a cleanse. Yeah, because that's our. <laughs> She's so cute, though. She could pull it off. She, she could, could pull, pull it off. You, you could do a half hour of her taking a shit, and everybody would be like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Look at that face. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'd like to give that a kiss. <laughs> yeah. To the shit. To the shit. Yeah, you wouldn't oh, care. Not yeah. her. That's, that would be because weird. her shit would come out, and you'd look at it, it would have googly eyes on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, somehow it would be like a craft project, even coming out of her. Adorable. She's yeah. amazing. I saw her, like, when I started working, I saw her in the. I, she came in to meet the writers when I was out for a week after my daughter was born, and then. I came back in the next week and they were doing some reading and stuff. She gave everyone a popsicle stick friend. (laughs) I saw her in the kitchen and I was like, oh, oh, you're professionally adorable. I get it. Like, Uh, you're more adorable than the average person. I just thought you were kind of a cutesy girl. You're a professional at being cute. Like, you're, like, professionally adorable. You have a high level. You have that intense, you're 11 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely, it's sort of like when you meet. It's sort of like when you meet uh, one of those comedy genius types, and they do something like you're like, "Dup dup dup dup." This is a normal person, and then they do something, and you're like, "Oh right, it's a comedy genius." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was the first time I met Carlos Mencia. We were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to an interview on uh, on the treatment with uh, Bob Whitey, who was a. Uh, um, uh, uh, documentary yeah, director yeah. and longtime executive producer of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I didn't know how to pronounce his last name until just now. Yeah, he um, he made the uh, recent 
Woody Allen documentary that was on yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, PBS, and it was an excellent, excellent documentary. Really good. And um, he talked about hanging out with Woody Allen and talking to Larry David about Woody Allen and how weird it is to hang out with Woody Allen because Woody Allen is not very much like he is on in, on screen. He doesn't do that kind of Woody Allen stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty much just sort of a quiet, normal guy, except every so often he'll say something that's so funny you can't believe it, and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. He's also Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in that documentary that he would be giving an interview and, you know, very humble and you know soft-spoken type of guy and then he would say something and you'd go that's a bit like, yeah you wrote that you thought this will be funny i'll say <laughs> this at some point yeah i'm not saying you prepared for this interview but that's something that you knew you were going to say and that's eventually. a let, that's a letdown because you're wishing it'd be more in the moment and stuff like that but then you remember say, then you remember oh right you're the greatest comedy genius of all time you think of shit like that a lot. Yeah, you're yeah. the most prolific writer of of comedy of genius the... comedy bits ever. Right. And yeah. you know, like you made your career writing 400 of those a day yeah. for yeah, gossip yeah. columnists. You started doing that when you were in high school. Your like superpower is that you can just do that. Yeah, yeah. but still, I it's like uh, I had dinner with Chaplin once. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and sure. they they bring the basket of rolls, right? right? And we're just we're eating, and I figure it's just that we're just it's not professional at all. Uh-huh. We're just enjoying dinner, right? Here we go. Unbelievable! Two forks, two rolls, and I'm there for nine minutes <laughs> while everybody titters and, right. and I like, come on, dude, we're having dinner. Every One time, time I'm sucking off Sid Caesar, no. and he's going ah uh, ah, uh, and then he starts double talking in German. Eine Schweinefleischerfrage, <laughs> and I'm Here like, come go. on, I don't need that from you, Sid. There I've you seen go. your show of shows. I respect. You, yeah. Sid Caesar. I don't need, I'm here. I'm doing this, right? I yeah. got the job. I got, it's like whenever you're fucking Jerry Lewis and he screams I, lady. Am I tickling the balls or am I not tickling the balls, yeah. Sid Caesar? <laughs> but I mean, I think in that documentary, it was, it was cool because it was like the that gray, was just... saggy balls. That was just something Woody Allen thought that would be funny at some point to describe his life or a movie or something. Yeah. And he slipped it into an interview, so I didn't have a problem with it, but it was definitely written. It was definitely, Oh, you think it was yeah. written? You don't definitely. think it's just some some shitty thought? No, of? I think it was definitely written. There there were like a handful of things in that in those interviews where you're like, that's definitely something that he thought of. Why this would be funny because you've been asked these questions right. thousands of times. True. Like, now I didn't see the documentary, and I mean, I, and I I'm a Woody Allen fan. I recommend it. Okay, is he uh, force of nature funny? No. Is he in the moment like crazy? Where you no? Just... He's. I thought of this. Once and I wrote it down and adjusted it and tweaked it. And if this situation presents itself, I have a quip for that. Right. And so much of his life is about him and his mm. movies and talking about his movies that he thinks and talks about his movies a lot. So when someone says, When you made Manhattan, blah, 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 he happens to have the perfect comeback for that question. That was my favorite question. Because he's, he's a writer and he like, thinks of. Good funny lines Manhattan? for everybody. No, Manhattan, bloody, bloody, bloody. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah. It's much better than Manhattan. But I think, I mean, I think he is the type of person that just has, you know, he has the mind that thinks of those sort of lines. I he's, see. He's not like, would he be hey, good on- Woody was bebopping and scatting all over the place. Would he be the most amazing Twitterer in the world, you think? He would yeah, be a think good Twitterer, be. I think. Yeah. He would be a because, good Twitterer. Because he made his entire career his writing yeah. jokes. Do you follow any of the older. Guys who've come onto Twitter, the Richard Lewis, I the only Steve f- Martin is pretty funny. The only one think? I follow is Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks phenomenal. Is funny, yeah. He because that's why I'm, that was where I was steering it because uh, I, I I left Steve Martin and I, and all the guy I just had to leave Richard Lewis. Albert Brooks consistently every single day, dagger funny. Yeah. I mean just 
and because he's my guy, like I would chase him if I saw him. I mean, he's phenomenal. And but on Twitter, he gets it. He twittered a thing. I mean, just yesterday, he, he twittered a bunch, and you're just you're reading them, and you're like, they're brilliant. They're so brilliant and concise, and, yeah. and just just a, and it's a joy because you realize you're like, oh my god, yes, it it, it, it he is that, you know, and yeah. and when it pays off for you, you're so happy. Well, Albert Brooks, you know, Johnny Carson said that Albert Brooks was the funniest person he had ever met mm. when uh, Albert Brooks was 16. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Albert Brooks grew up in L.A., had rich parents, and the, his parents were friends with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And Johnny Carson just knew him, met him, and made some and said that about him on The Tonight Show. <laughs> Jesus. The funniest guy I know is this 16-year-old kid named Albert Einstein. That's great. Yeah. I got to imagine if you meet like a young... Which, you by meet, the way, is Albert Brooks' real name yeah. for people out there who don't know and his that. Brother, and his brother is Super Dave. Yeah. Yes. Um, like if you met a 16-year-old now. Eddie Funk. Murphy, yep. I think he would be like, this kid is hilarious. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what he's going to do or be, but he's he makes me laugh really, really hard every does time it, I see him. Does it upset you that when you when you see Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live and then you remember that he's like 19 and 20 and 21? There's a sketch on the, the best of where he comes out and he says, hi, I'm Eddie Murphy. I'm one of the stars of the new Saturday Night Live. And it's like, I'm also 19 years old. I went to Nassau Community College for about two months or something, something to that effect. And you're just like... Like when I was 19 years old, you think about what you were doing when you were 19, yeah. and he's like already close to the top of his profession. It's like you know? it's one thing when somebody's really funny, like really brilliantly funny, when they're like 23 or 24, because mm-hmm. then at least they're like a real adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least they're like fully. They're they've like they're ahead of where you were when you were twenty three or twenty four, where yeah. most people were sure. when they were twenty. But not light years ahead. Yeah, but they but, got their shit together, and they're like on a path. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah, but they it just, you know, they just, they had to take some normal time, like any normal person. But they started when they were 18, yeah. so they already have five years under their belt of doing whatever it is they do. Like, yeah. I've written a book of short stories that no one read, and yeah. now this is my novel that everyone thinks is great. Yeah, exactly, and no. Eddie Murphy was 19, yeah. and he fucking saved Saturday Night Live. But that's the thing about, like... I love I love the NBA, and you have these kids who are 17 years old, and everyone's like, okay, this guy's really good at it already. He's going to be really good at it for a long time. He should be playing with the big boys. No, no, no. He has to go to Car- Carmelo Anthony was never going to get a degree in business management from Syracuse <laughs> University. Yeah, it's what? terrible. Why are we? Derrick Rose was never going to matriculate from Memphis. Like, why are we pretending that these guys aren't freaks of nature and we should celebrate them in their chosen endeavor as long as we well, possibly can? Because the monolith of the NCAA and yeah, the money yeah. involved said you're fucking up our tournament. Yeah. You're, it's bad enough. Give it. Give them a, one year. We can take them. And right. You know, we can pimp them then. Yeah. Because yeah. the NCAA is a fucking mobster organization. It's just the a worst. racket. It's the worst. And, uh, and if you haven't read that Atlantic piece, like everybody in the world should read that yeah. shit because it'll change your opinion of. The whole thing. Can I, Jesse Thorne, huge basketball fan. In <laughs> case you've never heard him, he talks about it. Constantly. All I can talk about is Sharunis Marshallonis. <laughs> okay, oh. Sharunis Marshallonis. Excellent reference. You thought I couldn't go there with basketball, but Excellent I did. Reference to you. Want to talk about Yinka Dare? Oh, I'll do it. Nicely done. Couldn't pass. Yeah. It's about all I got. Sharunas Marshallonis. The dragon? Yinkadare. You got the dragon for me? Drazen Petrovic? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go Drazen Petrovic. All right, take that. That's, sure. I'll throw that one for you. Use that next time. Why not? <laughs> um, I mean, look, if you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors in 1991 to 1994, I can do that a little bit. If you want to talk about a Chris Gatling. Oh, um, the Gatling gun. I'll do that. Mm, head um, stitches. You know what though? You know what though? When, when, I think of those, when I think of those guys going off to the NBA, just... 
just professional sports in general now, now that I'm a grown up, all I can think of when I watch professional sports, it, it like there was a time when I wished I like I never thought that I would become a professional athlete. Like it was clear that uh, even when I was in little league that, oh, I'm the seventh best player on right. my little league team. I'm never going to be on a professional b- sports team. I'm never even going to play college sports. But um, I, uh, I, I, now that I'm a grown-up and I'm the same age as people mm-hmm. that play professional sports, even though they are acclaimed and they get to play sports for a living and get paid a buttload of money, it still kind of makes me really, really sad to imagine a world in which my job is something that I will no longer be able to do when I'm like 33. It's incredibly bittersweet. That is like the saddest thing ever. Derek Fisher, who I love, 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 point guard for the LA Lakers, is I think a year younger than me. And when you watch him play, he's he's at that point in his career, he looks old. Yes. He's, you know, younger point guards can get by him really easily. And and he's in incredible condition. He's He's in in amazing form. Condition for a thirty-eight-year-old. Yes, and know? he's in a he's at a position, unfortunately, where you get old fast, and you get exposed because Completely. you're Derek Rose, yeah. and you got all these young. Because a Robert Parish, a Robert Parish, or a Kurt Thomas, or somebody can hide in the paint, right? You know what right. I mean? And, and they're just still plot along, yeah, and grab rebounds tall. and play yeah. some defense, and that's fine. You can get by, but a, a point guard is the center but of, the, of the whole thing. The thing about that is, like, I think about it, it's like, oh, he's he's a young man, and he's already old in this in this chosen profession. But then the flip side of that is. When he chooses to walk away this year, next year, whenever, he will be 40. Yes. Rich. Yes, very. Young and healthy and vibrant and like the world is his oyster. So when Shane Battier and Derek Fisher are running for Congress and they're a youthful <laughs> 44, you know, they'll have a million dollars, you know, behind them and they'll but the have a whole other life to live. But they but you have to try and figure out a whole other life. I mean, the what what is their whole other life going to be? But I the mean, average just am- selling the, something? The but average American has like four or five yeah. careers anyway. And it's funny. Well, you say healthy and vibrant. That's the NBA. Because, I mean, let's not talk about the NFL. Because well, yeah, those yeah. guys are not healthy or vibrant. You beat the hell. Uh, but also, that's the difference between a, a, a D. Fish and, a, and an Allen Iverson. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you can only hope that they have the right path, and they still are rich when they're 39-40. Yeah. When, I, when I started to hear about Iverson two weeks ago, and I started to see the real – I mean, you started to hear the stark numbers – it's it's amazing and it's horrible and it's sad and it's sad for him and his family and everything that's happened. Although someone, I just read something the other day that someone posted online. Apparently, he's not broke because a friend of his told, like, made him put this money away years ago. And this report is saying that he has like thirty two million. Because like when I, okay. I'm with you, I was like, how can he possibly two hundred sixty seven million dollars? How can he possibly be broke? And it's that sort of hammer thing, like. Take a million dollars and put it in a savings account yeah. at the Washington Mutual. Right. Like, just a regular old savings account. And don't touch it. Don't touch it so that when the shit hits the fan, you can always go, okay, well, we can go back home and buy a house and, you know, get started yeah. on some some other life. Like, but, the, just, but the problem is he's still got entourage. He's yeah. got, what's he got, eight kids by, by three women? Is he's, that what it he's is? He's been or? with the same woman for a long time. I don't know but if you he don't has... Oh, well, yeah, but she's bananas. I mean, they, but they the thing is, thing. is you don't even have to make super bad choices. I mean, there was a really, there was a really lovely piece that was in... Gosh, you know, might have been in the in Harper's. I want to say something. It was in some surprising magazine about Marquise Grissom, who used to play for the Expos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Marquise Grissom had a gr- a great career. Might, maybe it was about Delino DeShields. 
Yeah, I think it was about Delino DeShields, and he's they were, they were like best friends. Some expo. <laughs> they were Larry best Parrish. friends and both had ridiculous names, so I sort of mixed them up. <laughs> Tim Rock Reigns. But yeah, it, it wasn't Marquise Grissom, because he went on to play for the Giants for a little bit. But Delino DeShields, and Delino DeShields had a nice career, mm-hmm. a nice baseball career. Um, he didn't waste his money at all. Um, and essentially he just had, he had a, you know, he had a decent career, but it sort of ended somewhat unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a speed guy. When your speed goes, yeah, you're done. Yeah, right. exactly. And he then like shortly there, like he had a year of kind of depression after his career ended that led to a divorce. Um, the divorce was kind of ugly. Uh, half. His wife ended up. You his, treat me like animal. Yeah, just half. <laughs> chop it in half. His wife. Well, half it ended up morphine. being. It ended up being a lot more than half because his wife got the kids. He had a couple of kids. He had like three three kids or something like that, and they had a very they had a very uh, fancy lifestyle because yeah, he yeah. had been a major league baseball player. I mean, they weren't like didn't have a crazy lifestyle. It wasn't out of scale mm-hmm. with what he was the money he was making, but. You know, they had a nice house and stuff. And so she got the house and he had to make the mortgage payments. And basically, it was only because Marquise Grissom got him a job as a single A coach mm-hmm. that he could get any job at all. And he was essentially sending his entire salary yeah, yeah. to his wife yeah. and just completely depressed and on the verge of total emotional collapse. And that was somebody who you know, was, was still really in baseball. Su- was really successful, too. Like, yeah. he was a, a, a really good it's player a for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's not hard. Your whole life is validated through who you are yeah. physically. Right. And then when you can no longer do that, and you have to look in the mirror and realize you're getting gray and you're getting old and yeah. you can't do the yeah. thing that you've been celebrated for your entire life, that has to just be... You have to just get despondent quick. Yeah. Whereas yeah. at the very least, like, I know that what I do... Like, at least I know that I can get... I can continue to get better at it. For most of my life. Yeah, yeah. So what you're telling me, what I'm taking from this, you're a better man than Delano DeShields. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is I, if I got in a fight with Delano DeShields mm. right now, I oh, could take him. Well, he's depressed. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to turtle up. The guy is down on his luck. <laughs> oh, God. He's bummed that the Expos don't exist sure. anymore. His kid, yeah. watch out for his kid, though. This guy's still, this he guy, can't even go to Montreal and get like a drink. No, in his mind, they don't even know what he's talking he about. He can't walk into a bar in Montreal and be like, hey, it's the Lotto de Shields. In his uh, mind, this guy's still dodging fucking roof tiles from yeah. Olympic Stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's got a son. Hopefully, his son hits big, and then Delano's back in yeah, the money. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, double D's Delano back in business. Shields, exactly. That's what he says. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Guest host, Nick Repeat Adams. Just guest, Mike Schmidt. Oh. <laughs> just guest. Well, he's guest host. I went just guest. I think I just ganked the host. I just called, I just <laughs> named it. I don't know if I'm host. Um... We've got some uh, we've got some uh, sponsors here on the program. First of all, our friends at Stack Soap. I know this is a big concern for you, uh, Mike. I know that you're, as a miserly gentleman, sure, uh, you hate it that at the when you get to the end of your bar of soap, it is convex, and thus it is hard to combine with the next bar of soap. So you save the sliver because that bar of soap is also convex. But let's just say there was a bar of soap small skinny bar of soap shaped depression in your next bar of soap that fit perfectly with the skinny bar of soap making one beautiful bar of soap uh if you press them together let's just say that was the case then you'd have stack soap listen i like soap right i like shapes yep and i like 
I like togetherness. So this sounds perfect for me. Is it spelled like Stax Records, S-T-A-X? No, it's... I'm out! <laughs> no, it sounds like a thing. I don't know. It sounds cool. Uh, Stacksoap.com is where you go on the internet. That's where their Kickstarter is. Uh, if you pledge 50 bucks or more uh, on their Kickstarter, which, by the way, has is nearing double its goal as of this recording with nine days left to go. Uh, you can get uh, st- physical prototypes for the next soap type, and you can be able to choose the fragrance, color, and formula before it goes into production. It includes 24 bars of soap and your signature on their next package. Jesus. Oh. And meat. They put meat in there. There's some meat. They'll bring it right to your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can, you can get a little bit of meat in there. Um, well, let's... actually, that's that Stack Soap Prime. Oh, right. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, and we also have uh we also have a personal message up on the Jumbotron. The Jumbotron, by the way, is uh where you can get your message, just like the Jumbotron up at the ballpark, uh, for a reasonable price. This is from Ross. Uh Ross is moving to uh Austin, Texas. So this is his message to the people of Austin, Texas. He's moving there April first. He's looking for a place to live. Uh, presumably a shared place to live. Um, if you would like to, uh, if you know of a place, or if you are looking for a roommate, um, somebody who is presumably a nice person since they uh, like uh, Jordan Jesse Go, just go to brassrocket.com slash Austin. He's looking for a room. Uh, he wants to live with other people in a house, at least one roommate. He was looking to pay uh, four, four to five hundred dollars, up to about six hundred dollars. Pumpkin friendly. Yeah, he's pumpkin friendly. Looks like a sweet guy. Uh, my experience is that the Jordan Jesse Go listeners are almost universally exceptionally pleasant people. Mm-hmm. So and, that- and fans of gourds. Yeah, and fans of gourds. Anyway, it's brassrocket.com/slash/austin. So if you're in Austin, you know anybody who's looking for a roommate, you're looking for a roommate yourself, uh, or you just want to welcome him to town uh, with a pleasant email and you know invite him to lunch or whatever. Uh, he's got a lot of information about what kind of guy he is, and uh, you know you can send him an email, talk to him on the phone, whatever. Uh, if you want to get up on the jumbotron, it's maximumfun.org/jumbotron. It's cheap, two hundred bucks for your uh, commercial message, a hundred bucks for your personal message. If you want to sponsor an, an episode of Jordan Jesse Go or a series of episodes of Jordan Jesse Go, email our what's that called development director <laughs> at Teresa at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Sitting in, Nick, repeat Adams. Hi, Mike Schmidt, host of the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. Oh, oh, just had to slip an extra plug in there, eh, Schmidt? <laughs> I got tired of not having anything to say. You guys have great things to say. Well, on Jordan, That's Jesse, go, radio. the podcast that we're on right now. This one, yeah. this podcast. All right. When something momentous happens, we ask that you call in and let us know for a segment called Momentous Occasions. We have some here. Uh, let's take a listen. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. And guest, this is Adam calling from Chicago with a momentous occasion. Uh, two weeks of, two weeks ago on the show, Jordan mentioned Creed, and today at work, I don't want to go into details, uh, but um, I found out that we are doing a non-music-related uh, creative project with. Scott Stapp, the 
lead singer of Creed. <laughs> Music um, not sure what this means for the future of me being involved with that company anymore, but uh, <laughs> just thought you'd like to know. All right. Thanks for the show, guys. I love the idea that it's that he that he takes pains to explain that it's not music related. Hey, hey, I'm not working on any fucking Creed albums. But what? <laughs> but what's amazing is that he's that he's out there he's out there doing collabos. You know that he's he's out there working on what? What is it? Is was it like one of those porn star uh, dick imprints? It might it might be sex tape. I mean, he had that thing with Kid Rock, the sex tape from back in the. And, and that's why this guy was like, I don't want to give any details because <laughs> uh, I have to. I'm you know I'm a fluffer for Scott Stapp basically in Chicago. So right uh, up in the shy. Scott Stapp also sweat on me, by the way. As I'm really, yes, sir. are they even a thing? How many <laughs> orgasms did you have then, my friend? <laughs> it wasn't for roses though. He was just a sweaty motherfucker. When you fling your arms wide open, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff happens. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, guest. I am leaving a message for a momentous occasion. I hope this is the right line. I'm a teacher, and I just had the honor of holding a baby shower in my classroom during lunch for one of the students of my school. So that seems like a threshold in my career in some way. Thanks. Bye. A little snarky, a little snarky for for a young person. You're you're who's in your charge. Sounds like I don't know. Maybe that guy's should think about applying to some private schools or something. It seems like a little <laughs> like ugh, all this crap I have to deal with, and now I have to throw a goddamn baby shower. Yeah, that, that wasn't exactly to sir with love. <laughs> that guy was he was so despondent and horrible. And so I, at first I thought he was going to go. It was a celebrity kid or something. Like, but so what he's saying. Is a student in his school? Uh, presumably, well, let's hope that he's a high school teacher. Certainly, because uh, I can't imagine that if he's, a, say, a community college professor, that he would be this upset. No, can't, that can't um, be a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't be doing that. And if he's a middle school teacher, ugh, it's just sad. Yeah, it's just too sad. Oh, too sure. Sad. Yeah. yeah, and not momentous at all. No. But so, so basically, a, a student in his class in high school had her baby shower in his classroom at lunch. Yeah. Wow. My first thought is um, her family and friends need to really step up. No kidding. You got to do better than that. Yeah. yeah. Where are you registered? The lunchroom? Come on, man. You guys got to. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, what are you going to get? You going to get meatballs? Sure. You get some milk. Well, it depends mm-hmm. on what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> you get a fish stick on a Tuesday. You get pizza on a Friday. Who knows? Oh, Jimmy already got her Tuesday. <laughs> and a uh, baby Bjorn. And a baby Bjorn. Yeah, they everyone, do everyone baby, gets the baby Bjorn. They do have baby Bjorn. Everybody, you can buy one of those everywhere. Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Simon in Seattle. I uh, I manage a music venue. It's an old converted theater. And uh, I just had sex on the stage for the first time. Obviously, the building was empty. It was after hours. But um, a lady friend of mine stopped by and uh, turned on a solo spotlight and made it happen. Thanks. First of all, Whoa. creepiest call ever. No kidding. From the first word out of his mouth, I was like, this is going to go into a weird place. And it might, it might have been shenanigans, too, because he might have just been using like your boy's name to creep you out even further. Yeah. My name is, oh, I don't know. Let's just call me Simon. Yeah, that was ah, grim. Simon Lee Everett Thorne. <laughs> Single spotlight. Single spotlight. <laughs> 
Wow, that's oh, that's awful. The <laughs> venue is the Highland Theater <laughs> in Los Angeles, California, down the street from your house. <laughs> there are some Randy Seattleites, folks. <laughs> that does sound like fun, though. You think yeah. you're the first guy he told? I hope so. <laughs> he immediately went to the. Fu- yeah, you actually called you from the theater. That's She's the still point. Clean- that's She's the turning idea. off the spotlight. <laughs> that's a well. I mean, that's the purpose of momentous occasions. Yeah. You put it in your cell phone two zero six nine eight four for fun. Now wait when the momentous thing happens. You call professional. Did you yeah. see that? Did you see that? I saw it was smooth. It was very smooth. Two zero six nine eight four four F U N. People taking care of business, making it happen. Look. <laughs> Was that guy's tone of voice creepy? Oh, it was creepy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, creepy. crazy. Or he However, just had sex in a theater. It could, <laughs> it could be that. He just bowed his cheek on stage in a theater. However, hey man, check it out. Was he doing the right thing? Yes, of course he, he was. He wasn't doing the wrong He's thing. He's a guy who's got his priorities in order. Sure. He knows that if you do a weird sex, you have the number in your phone, you call the line. Yeah. You know, if some something momentous happens, whether it's a weird sex or something else, mm-hmm. you have the number in your phone, 206 for fun. Well, listen, if you're banging somebody strange on, a, on an empty stage in Seattle, yeah. or you're working on a claymation cartoon for Fox with Scott Stapp from Creed. Yeah. Whichever. Whichever. <laughs> it's a sequel to the PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Call up. Right? It's, so it's a spiritual yeah, sequel yeah. to the PJs. It's a kindred spirit to the PJs. Yeah. No subject matter. No it's crossover. a spiritual sequel to the PJs in that it's a Christian version of the PJs. Right. There's no crack. <laughs> yeah. It's just and there's no black people, but yeah. it's similar. It stars Scott Stapp and Eddie Murphy. There's it's sort Stapp of a, people. It's there's... sort of a version of Veggie Tales that's told in claymation <laughs> and not sat... super religious, just sort of generally positive with a slight religious yeah. undertone. Like it's not yeah. Over the head. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's a collaboration. The writing staff is a sort of collaborative thing between Rick Santorum and Larry Wilmore. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, <laughs> perfect blend. Yeah. He has, they have a friend named Crossy. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, it's a crucifix, but he never cops to it. He's, no. just, he's just always implied. He's just Crossy. He's just there. He's just who he is. Yeah, and it's, then there's a colorful Latino caretaker. Is Creed still <laughs> around? Is that a, are they still a thing? They got back together, actually. They broke up, and then they formed Alter Bridge without Scott Stapp, and he wow. went solo. Alter Bridge. Yes, sir. And then they, <laughs> that's the name of a band. Then got back together as Creed. Nickelback they, has a new hit song. Yes, they do. Don't they I, always? You know what? I someone challenged me on Twitter. I mm. I talked a little bit the other day twallage. about. Um, I talked a little bit about. <laughs> awful. That was awful. No, it wasn't. It was, was worth awful. it. Give it. It was a twallage. <laughs> twallage. I like it. I talked a little bit the other day about how it's weird to me that the late night television shows still book lots of rock bands. Um, and not just leg, not just rock bands that are not just Van Halen or whatever, mm. not just bands that are, were so famous 15 years ago that they're still famous yes. now, mm. but uh, or 25 years ago or whatever. But uh, also just new rock bands, as though like the young people that care about new music like rock music. <laughs> Um, and, and not that there aren't, again, as I said then, not that there aren't young people who care about rock sure. music. Mm-hmm. There are. And there's some cool rock but, bands. And there are great there rock, are bands, cool rock bands. But it's a niche market. It's a very niche market, and it's overrepresented in this world. So you're talking someone, about the new, like a new rock band who formed recently. That, yeah. You're surprised by exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm surprised when, like, Godsmack shows up on Jimmy Kimmel. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So <laughs> someone on Twitter Twittered me, come on, you got to back that up if you say that. So I looked at the Billboard charts. There was, at the time, this is from memory, 
There was in the Hot 100, there were two rock songs. Yeah. And 18 Nicki Minaj songs. Of, <laughs> 18. Of the, uh, of the, uh, on the rock charts, there were like, if I remember correctly, the top 20 rock songs, there were two songs by bands that it didn't exist in 1995. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yes. I win. <laughs> That's my message to you. I win. To be fair, the rock was very dominant for a long time. Yes, like and that's was, why I think that know. if you get the chance to book Van Halen, go for it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, the people, old, older people that were young when Van Halen were out still love Van Halen. Sure. And Van Halen still knows how to play their instruments yeah. and yeah, those yeah. songs. Yeah. And they still, they're still selling a fair number of records because while they don't sell quite as many as they did before, they, yeah. half of their fans still buy their records and they sold a bass load before, yes. so half of an ass load is half an ass load, which and, is more than most and there's always going to be every day there's a new 16 year old who's like holy shit this Van Halen record is awesome exactly you however know? and then there's a bunch of 16 year olds who after they get to the baby shower at their school <laughs> go home and they work their <laughs> pro tools and they want to be Tiesto yeah. you know so I mean it's just everybody wants to be Skrillex yeah. and People, it's easier it's I mean, not easier but Technically, who wants to learn how to play a fucking guitar? Yeah, yeah. It takes forever. And you yeah. have a whole generation of the people who have been dominating what is cool musically have not been the people playing the guitar. So True. it just gets less and less cool. Yeah. Yep. People, you know. Plus, then all the plus all the people that are cool are playing fucking banjos and shit. Nobody likes that. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> that shit. Well, Jesus Christ. There's also this thing of like no one just wants to be a straight up rock singer anymore. It's like at, at a certain point everyone wanted to have elements of this, that, and the third, and very few people just come out and say, Nope, guitar, bass, keyboards, drums, straightforward rock music, there's no DJ, nobody's fucking out. yodeling. Yeah. None of that shit. We just sing rock songs, like just straight up rock songs. Nobody rock violin. out. Nobody yeah. rocks out. Nobody rocks out anymore, man. None of the, because they, the all the cool kids, they like the uh, indie rock music where nobody rocks out. There's not even punk rock influenced indie rock music barely anymore. There's a lot of bands that I really like, and you see them, and you're just like, I like this. I just want you to fucking rock out a little bit. Yeah, just rock out some. Like a Jim James from uh, My Morning Jacket. He goes yeah. ahead and rocks right on the fuck out. Yes. He's yeah. got the beard. He's got the scarf. Why not? He's wearing a cape, for Christ's sake. <laughs> of course, he's going to rock out. Everyone's like too afraid to be too earnest and like. Because nobody wants to be made fun of. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to be made fun of. That's our message to you. Fucking. That's just, our message to you, white America. Yeah, Rock, rock out, out a little rock bit. out cocks out yeah we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica <laughs> Jordan Jesse go I'm Jesse Thorne America's radio sweetheart I am Nick repeat Adams I am the always grateful Mike Schmidt thank you for having me oh guys thank you so much for keeping me company while Jordan wasn't here it's just been so much fun always a pleasure yeah I'm a fan I, I didn't know Jordan wasn't going to be here until uh, this morning well I didn't want you to I didn't want you to duck out once you heard that Jordan wasn't going to be here well a that wouldn't happen and b i'm happy to make a new friend in nick that's what i like to did, hear. wait did, hold on did i make a new friend in nick hold on sure, sure. all right i just want to make sure nick's on board with that i'm down you guys we're all friends now yeah. it's all happening let's cut jordan out of this thing he's gone <laughs> later jordan take care if your web series is so important ha 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 mm, fuck you time. get a haircut um hey i got some uh really awesome maximumfun.org news for the first time since my brother, my brother, and me, we are adding a new outside podcast to the MaximumFun.org family. This Whatever is breaking, breaking news. It is called it Throwing is, okay. Shade. Oh. What's that? What's that, wrong? No, it's a little awkward. Oh, Did you? He, I th- oh. that, so it, it's not 
Yeah. The 40-year-old boy podcast? Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, what led you to believe it was? Well, I was here. I mean, I knew you were announcing it today, and then you asked Did me you to think be on that the I show. wouldn't let you know ahead of time? Well, I thought it would be a, a reveal. <laughs> You're a broadcaster. You like, you like surprise? <laughs> and- moment <laughs> spontaneous i'm annexing your podcast <laughs> uh, liberating i liberating. thought I, I would have been it would have been an honor i, I couldn't wait i was actually waiting for the reveal I... <laughs> no it's uh, the throwing shade podcast hosted by our friends aaron gibson and brian safi yeah those guys a- aaron's been uh aaron's been a uh a multi-time guest here on jordan jesse go uh, she and Brian uh, uh, pitched this show as the world's only podcast hosted by a woman and a gay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah, I'm with yeah. Nick on that say limb. say there's a billion of those. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it's a great podcast. <laughs> the, um, uh, the basically What about a gay woman? Oh, I'm, this, I just threw a little shade. This there, show I, there is a gay woman and a man. Actually, the, the, they flipped the script in Canada. Return to Sender. Oh, podcast. Yes, this program. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Brian and Aaron first worked together on the uh, current program, Info Nation. Oh yeah, yeah. current TV, uh, uh, where they each did a segment. Uh, Brian's was called "That's Gay." Um, it was a satire of gay stuff, and uh, it was infomania. Infomania. There you go. Infomania. Brian knows his niche. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so the two of them, the two of them, uh, both did satirical news stuff on uh, Current, and then I don't know if you've heard about Current, but it's now the Keith Olbermann channel. Yes. And so they have taken their uh, their topical news satire to the podcast format. It's fucking hilarious. And basically, every week, they just take the most outrageous bullshit that is going on in the world of women gays, uh, whether it's, you know, everything from, uh, you know, Rick Santorum to Rick Santorum. Right. Um, from right the, now, the it's Real primarily... Of Georgia to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, Mostly exactly. Santorum-related. Yeah, it's <laughs> primarily <laughs> you're going to find it in a sweater vest in two th- right now, at this particular interjunction in time. But yeah, no. The Republican Party is going to keep them pretty much on their toes. A fair, no, there's a, fair amount of, there's a fair amount of your Real Housewives, your, uh, your Limbaugh's. You're all over the cultural map. Anything... Anything that uh, anything awful happening in the world of uh, in the world of women and gays is going to get in their crosshairs. They're fucking hilarious. Anything that wants a cock in its mouth is up for fair game. <laughs> or anything that doesn't want them to have a cock in their yeah. mouth. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone diametrically cocks. opposed to cocks and mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm so fucking excited about having them on board. The show is super, super, super funny. I think you guys will really, really like it. So give it a listen. We're adding it up to the website this week. Um, as you listen to this, it may or may not already be up on the site. We had to make some last-minute changes. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We had a logo locked in, but then Erin realized that the logo picture of her had bangs, and she doesn't have bangs anymore. Oh, so ladies. We're doing, an adjustment. ladies. We're doing an adjustment to the logo. Yeah, no, I think Brian realized that Erin didn't have bangs anymore, <laughs> yeah. and he said, you know, yeah. you, girl, you don't have those bangs. We don't want to be the next subject on throwing shade. <laughs> no, because then you're the girl with bangs, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, and we can't you don't have that. Yeah, anyway, the Throwing Shade podcast, it's the new the new show on the Max Fun uh, Network is so fucking funny. Um, so proud of it. I'm welcome like, to the family. Super, super into it, and uh, welcome to the fam. And uh, so, give it a listen, give it a try, check it out. I think you're really gonna like it. 
And, uh, and you hey, guys better kick ass because you got to make me feel good about finishing second. Yeah, well, if if you if you're looking for podcast entertainment, you could do a lot worse than our friend Mike Schmidt, who's got his own podcast <laughs> online at the forty year old boy dot com. No sir, no sir, do not go to the forty year old boy dot com. <laughs> Mike Schmidt comedy dot com. Mike Schmidt comedy dot com. And you're also doing forty year old boy man. a whole other thing. Don't even go to that. <laughs> Please, you do you not want to see it. There's you're a lemon also party. doing your one man show in a couple of places. You DC, Cleveland, and what was the third one? Boston. Boston. This yeah. is. This is exciting. Basically, this is you telling, for folks who don't know, you're a, a, just a prodigious storyteller. Your show is uh, really the only great one-man podcast, as far as wow. I'm concerned. It you're is so nice. You talking into a microphone for upwards of 12 hours yeah. at a time. It's quite a while, yes. Um, I, talk, I talk till I'm done. That's what I always say. While your producer guffaws off mic. That she does. And sometimes too close to mic for some people, but I don't care. And, well, at least, there's, at least there's someone there to talk to, because otherwise you're just a crazy person. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It helps. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. I couldn't do what I do without Lily there. So yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, you tell these insane stories from your life, sometimes normal stories from your life, mm-hmm. but often insane stories from yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can be. It's stuff from the past, stuff that happened that day, stuff that happens all the time and I'll, I'll i cover i talk about anything that i talk at the speed of my head is how i always put it so and whatever you've comes got in, a comes fast out. head and well. your uh and your one-man show is essentially uh you sharing these stories from your life live on stage it's kind of like a grab bag of greatest hits from your life pretty much yeah there's a thi- and by greatest hits i mean often greatest misses <laughs> well there's a thin very thin narrative that brings it through and uh, if people are fans of my show they've heard a lot of the stories the final story is one that will that's not been told live and also i've been on, i open the show and talk about what happened and how it, uh, in the city that i'm in i was just in atlanta and by the time i finished the atlanta segment i was an hour and 25 into the show <laughs> Uh, huh. This is usually a seven, eight hour show. Yeah. So anyway, no yeah. pressure, DC. If you're in one, if you're well, in the- one of those places, <laughs> you really don't you you don't want to miss Mike's show. Mike's a you know brilliant, hilarious guy. You're really so nice. worth sp- taking the time to go check out, especially because it's going to be a really like you know it's it's one of those kind of special, intimate performances. You get to be in a place where. You're with other people that really get the thing that you're seeing, and uh, it's changed everything. I mean, because I can go to comedy clubs and, and, and people and I'll not don't know who I am, but to get an audience of people who know you and are in tune with what you're doing, and I'm sure you do it too when you yeah. do your meetups and stuff. Yeah, totally, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah, and uh, it's called Success is Not an Option. Uh, we're calling it the Success is Not an Option tour. Tickets are available at brownpapertickets.com. Google me, or I'm sorry, put me in there, search me, and uh, tickets for DC March 23rd, uh, Cleveland April 27th. My recommendation is just just search for Mike. Schmidt, and then just click on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just read all about it. Just read all about yeah. it. Don't read question it. Go to the first hit. Yeah. Just Google Mike Schmidt and go, go to, to the, the first, first thing. Yeah. I look great. My yeah, mustache is fantastic. Thing. Mustache looks gorgeous. 538 career home runs. Uh, 548. 548. Uh-oh. That was pretty good, though. It was very close. That was off the fucking Striker dome. Striker to the line. <laughs> that was off the dome. Striker to the that line. That was pretty close. That was really good. For some, because I mean, I'm a super I did not fan. research that. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Mike Schmidt, check out his show, check out the, check out the one man show. And, uh, I have one, one other thing that I want to mention, which is that we are imminently approaching the max fund drive, which is, uh, which starts, uh, March 26th, Monday, March 26th. So if you're not already a max fund member, um, that's when we're going to start giving out awesome prizes to get you to, uh, help support this show, you know? Your donations are what pay for, you know, all of our salaries and our equipment and, 
you know, this is what we do for a living. And um, uh, it's because people like you help pay for it. So um, thanks to everybody who pays for it. And if you don't uh, look forward to paying for it in a couple of weeks. Um, and thank you again to everybody who does. Um, yeah. And hey, why don't you watch uh, Nick's the very, very funny television program that Nick's that Nick works on New Girl. Check it out. Tuesdays. You know Fox. what? You know what, Nick? I like watching that show. It's a funny show. Thank you very much. It's a fun show to work on. You know what? You're right on a television show. Could be a bad show. Most shows are bad. Most shows aren't aren't my cup of tea. You know what? New Girl's a funny show. Thank you. That's for real. Look at us. It's not a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it it's not as good as 30 Rock, but you know what is. Can't win them all. You cannot can't win them all. Can't be everybody's favorite. It's we, only one 30 Rock. We can't be the Satsuma of Jesse Thorne's TiVo. But you know what? I enjoy watching but, The New Girl. But at least you're not the rotten grapefruit in the street of yeah, Jesse Thorne. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. We <laughs> <laughs> had some very funny, talented people on that show. Our every, cast is great. Our every lead really great. Act, every actor on the show is very funny, I think. Yeah, I think everybody's getting better and you know finding a sense of who their characters are and we're learning how to yeah. write for them better. So totally. But uh, be, you're being modest. I think it's a very funny show. Thank you. I really enjoy watching it. I'm not not full of shit. I've been you. watching every week. I'm going to double down. There's going to be a quiz later. No. 548. <laughs> Off the you're top right. of the dome, right Damn there. 206 984 4Fun, our telephone number. JJGo at MaximumFun.org, our email address. Oh, shit. One more thing. Uh, we're looking for an events intern. So if you're in Los Angeles and you want to work with our de- events department, our editor, uh, Nick White uh, is also our events director. He's moving out here to Los Angeles. He's looking for an intern to work with him on Max FunCon and other mm-hmm. uh, fifty black interns. Yeah, you get fifty black interns. We're looking for fifty people to. Um, that's a callback to something that we decided not to play on the air because <laughs> it wasn't appropriate. Um, it's an unusual minute. thing. What, you're, that's so funny because now they're like, "What was inappropriate yeah. about fifty black interns?" Uh. <laughs> Sorry, you'll never know. Um, but anyway. Uh, it, you can find the information online at MaximumFun.org and thanks to everyone who's reviewed our show and everything and let's just wrap this fucking thing up we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go Hi I'm Justin McElroy I'm Travis McElroy I'm Griffin McElroy we're three brothers it's not a coincidence we have a show it's called My Brother My Brother Me it's an advice show for the modern era uh, sometimes we also take questions from the Yahoo Answer Service. Hey guys, how many push-ups does it take to look like a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine question, Griffin. We'll answer that one and so much more, including questions from readers about love and navigating the waters of society. Subscribe on iTunes or get it online at MaximumFun.org. We're brothers. We're experts. And we're sorry. We're sorry.